This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. A big game day edition because we got a monster game tonight at IG Field as the Bombers look for a little payback against the British Columbia Lions. We all remember that week three tilt. Well, the Lions handed the Bombers their lunch 30-6. to The Bombers' first home loss to a Western Division opponent since 2018. And tonight, they get a chance to get back at the Lions and uh, get back into a tie for first place in the Western Division. We're going to have lots on this game. Darren Bombing's going to jump on first. And our pal Dustin Nielsen from Edmonton Sports Talk. And, of course, the voice of more or less the Western Division in the Canadian Football League. Dusty's in town to call the game. He'll jump on a little later on as well. And in between that, a visit from our pal Brandon Rewicki, a little off-season Jets and NHL talk and more with Rue coming off on what should be a really, really fun show. Um, great to have you all with us. Folks, if you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button and hit the subscribe button. And a special thanks to Jay Miller, who is a now an official supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can do that on the YouTube channel. I think it's $2 a month. Get that flashy microphone, the use of some exclusive emojis. I believe that's what they're called in the chat. Um, and again, just a uh, another way of uh, helping us do what we're doing for Winnipeg sports fans every day here on WSTJ. You're the man. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the game tonight. Um, just before we bring in Remus, big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Cool Bet Canada, brand new lock shop with our weekly picks for the CFL. Check that out on the Lock Shop YouTube channel. Lock Shop Bet. Subscribe over there too while you're at it. Our friends at Princess Auto, that tailgate's going to be rocking. 5.30 p.m. it opens. Get there early tonight. Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports and Boston Pizza. Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Nick and Nikki DQ, F Apparel, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Modern Man Barbershop and Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club. We'll get to a why not question of the day for not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGilvery as well as our friends at Assiniboia Downs, who today, really just now, is just completing the field for the Manitoba Derby on Monday. And a special thanks to Darren, Cherry, and our friends at Assiniboia Downs. Had an amazing time there last night with my folks. The food still undefeated uh, at that incredible prime rib buffet and uh, hit a few winners as well. Actually, shout out to my mom who banged off a little triactor on her way out in race number five last night. Great, great night. No better spot on a summer evening, especially one like last night, than Assiniboia Downs. Um, let's get going. Welcome to everybody in chat. Shout out to everybody listening on the podcast. And shout out to you, Michael Remus. What is going on? Just looking at the weather uh, for tonight's game, Huss. Uh, it's going to be a hot one. What does it say here? Right now it has 25, feels like 30. Um, so bundle up for tonight or no, 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 sorry. Uh, wear appropriate clothing for tonight. Should be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be steamy. It is going to be hot. And uh, 
And man, this should be a hell of a game. As they say, we'll spend plenty of time talking about this game um, as when Darren Bauman comes with us and as well as a little bit more between us and with Dustin Nielsen a little bit later on. Uh, listen, just we were speaking about this before we went on the air, but um, did I hear correctly that Taylor Swift is actually going to be coming <laughs> coming to Canada? Yeah. When, sorry. When did this development happen? Sorry, when you said what is up, what I glossed over was the part where I just became a verified fan, Hus, for Taylor Swift. Signing up not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six shows in Toronto next November. Is she playing weekends. the Dome or is she playing uh, the, the dome, arena? The Sky Dome, Rogers Center. <laughs> so the first weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, that's I think I think one of these might conflict with Grey Cup. They haven't officially announced the Grey Cup dates for 2024, right? Have they? Uh, uh, I was, for the following year? Yeah, like not, not not this year's Grey Cup, but next year's. Like, do they have the date? Uh, that's I was a like, great oh. question. Let me just see. Grey Cup. It says BC. It just says BC. It's going to be... It says... If, exist, if, if existing scheduling formulas are used, it would be played November 17. That's what Wikipedia is predicting. The third okay. Sunday of November... But uh, they could move up the season. So that Taylor Swift that I just registered for could conflict with next year's uh, next year's Grey Cup. Anyways, two, two weekends, though. Six shows. That's, like, insane. Uh, two weekends of shows in one city. That is incredible. Good for her. I would, I would love it. You know what? Maybe T-Swift can be the juggernaut that helps influence further moving ahead of the Canadian Football League schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be here for that. I have, I have no issue with that whatsoever. I heard Kevin Donnelly. I heard Kevin Donnelly on the air talking about what a Taylor Swift concert would mean for Winnipeg, and he said it's the equivalent to... Uh, one concert is the equivalent to 20 Grey Cups. Yeah, that's crazy. And, I, and there were a lot of complaints that, uh, you know, it was what? It wasn't in any shows in Canada, and then she just popped six... In Toronto, I guess, you know, a lot of people surrounding areas, Toronto, uh, you know, Buffalo, you know, U.S., like people travel for these shows because she doesn't go. So for two weekends at the Rogers Center, craziness. So I'm verified. I'll let you know how that goes. My You're brother, he's like, just fan. do it. I'm in. Do you have to buy, do you have to pay or anything like that? No, I just, just have to give them my, all my personal information so they know how much I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> did you have to go down like give a top 10 of your favorite taylor swift song uh no no just they say my, my favorite text secret song from the eras tour was definitely from the philadelphia show where she played i don't know enough songs i don't, to I don't know what my favorite song would be i'm not a big i'm really not a big taylor swift guy and like comment says in chat i don't get taylor swift i'm old I'm you don't have to get it you just have to see that she's on this insane tour uh, that's making like so much money, and there's six shows in Toronto, which is is also crazy. She's the biggest star in the world, and it's yeah. not even close. Like, yeah. and, and I mean, to be honest with you, is she the biggest star of all time? And I know that sounds crazy, but has anyone ever else done six shows in Toronto? Yeah, everywhere she goes, the the demand for this concert. Uh, these concerts has been, uh, I mean, as, as big a ticket demand as I can remember for anything. And that includes 
Super Bowls and I mean the biggest sporting events. So uh anyways, I would not consider myself a Swifty and I don't have a great grasp of the T Swift catalog. But I mean, I certainly don't dislike her and uh I actually have a lot of respect for her with what she's done. I mean, she's incredible performer and <laughs> as far as a business person, uh she has no peer. So um Hey. And anyways, don't go dissing Taylor Swift to any Swifties because, I mean, if you thought Beyonce's Bayhive would take you out back, just wait till the Swifties get a hold of you. So uh, it's either get in line or get with it or just back the you-know-what up and uh, let the Swifties do their thing for six nights in Toronto. I did see, I know this isn't Winnipeg Taylor Swift talk, but uh, I did see a report yesterday that she gave... 55 million in bonuses to every person working on her tour. So like 130, you know, 100,000 bonus to like the trucking guys and the lighting guys and all everyone just got massive bonuses cuz she just doesn't know what to do with all this money she's raking in. <laughs> you know what? I I have I, I mean as I say, she seems like a great person, incredibly talented and uh people love her and uh Maybe uh, maybe this was all the pandering from all our politicians who were trying to, you know, curve favor with all of the Taylor Swift fans out there by, you know, going that extra mile and tweeting her or sorry, sending her an X um, to come to hey. come to Canada. Speaking of that, I actually got a plug in for Google Chrome because I got so confused looking at my tabs, seeing the X. I kept looking for the bird. I got a, a plug-in that changes the X back to the bird. So I don't have to see that <laughs> stupid thing anymore. So I check my, it's, I just Googled it. It's the best. I got the, I have the bird now on my feed. I'm, so. I'm, uh, I, listen, I am all in on X. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I think I've, I've kind of come around to it and I think the X is, uh, it's better than the bird. No. X is, the, X is a joke, and we make site, fun of it. The site we were making, just keeps we're on getting better. The site just keeps on getting better. I'm going to do some, uh, some X posts uh, a little later on today. Um, all right, well, anyways, we've covered the, the big news about Taylor Swift. You know what? While we're talking tickets, we may as well mention this right now, and I think we're going to get into this a little bit more next week. Um, but I know there's been plenty of talk about, you know, ticket sales for the Winnipeg Jets and, um, you know, the team working, you know, very hard to sell season tickets. Some of the things that they really haven't had to do in the past coming out of the drive to a 13,000. I will tell you, I had the opportunity to get a little bit of a sneak peek at some of the renovations of Canada Life Centre today for season tickets in the premium area, like the P1s and the club lounge. It's incredible. I mean, as someone that was there when the building, working for them when the arena was built back in 2004, to see how different uh, a facility it is right now. And I can tell you what, if you're a club seat holder or a uh, P1, again, I don't have the exact details as to who has access to this, but I believe it is essentially your center ice seats and the, and the clubs, the traditional club seats are going to be in for, um, are going to be very pleasantly surprised, I think, when they get to the arena for an exhibition game before the regular season gets going. Some really innovative stuff that they put in there, and um, <clears throat> the arena's going to look quite a bit different. 
if you've been to the last couple Sea Bears games, you've seen the amount of work that's been happening up in that north end. It's all seemingly coming together. So uh, there's a little tidbit for you. I'll, you know, I didn't take pictures or run around. Obviously, there's still lots of work to be done, but um, that is going to be really interesting to see how uh, how it goes this year. But the other thing, Reem, was yesterday the Jets announced that, you know, I mean, obviously they've got quarter seasons and half seasons as well as season tickets. And uh, we had the folks from the uh, the advisory committee that had been working on, you know, matching up partners. And I mean, listen, as a longtime season ticket holder that's got a couple people that uh, have a piece of my seats, I still maintain the best value, the way to get the best seats, the best experience is to be a season ticket holder. And obviously the Winnipeg Jets recognize the share partners as well for the benefits. So, I mean, that's great. But I mean, the reality of the, the, the fact is that a lot of folks, um, you know, can't do that, don't have the connections. Now, they did put together, I believe, as our guest mentioned, Tinder uh, Tinder for season ticket holders, for season ticket partners. I mean, uh, 87% of the drive to 13,000 was individuals in so many of those seats, more than any team in the league. Those seats were divvied up and split up between fans and groups. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, if you lose a person or two from your group, sometimes it's made it difficult to, you know, maintain the seats and then everybody's out. So I commend them and especially all the volunteers from uh, the advisory committee that have worked to do this. So that's happening. But yesterday as well, Reen, the Jets announced that they are going to have smaller packages, four, six and eight games, a pretty innovative way of allowing people that might not have the ability, time, or money to be a season ticket holder or a half season ticket holder or even a quarter seat um, to get some seats for great games and put it all together. And uh, found out a little bit more about that too. And I think this is another um, thing that, uh, listen, I think that they've had to do it, um, but I think they are doing a pretty good job. And all that information just released yesterday, um, as flexible as we've ever seen with the National Hockey League here um, to get in and um be a, be a stakeholder in the Winnipeg Jets as a ticket holder from as few as four games, obviously up to 41. Yeah, this was an interesting announcement yesterday from the Jets announcing that 23-24 game packs, you get, what, four, six, or eight, and the game pack is, you know, normally they give a game pack that's like, here's the, you know, every Tuesday game for the year, or here's the divisional game, or the games, you know, after January, like some other theme. There's no theme to this. It's pick whatever, pick what games you want to go to and uh, what they'll give you what a nice price. I'm sure better than buying them what the day of. And um, it's what you get. It's kind of like a, a box pool. Us. I, I like yeah. box pools. So you get a four game pack. You'd get one game from the tier one. You get one tier two game and two tier three games. And you know, it's different how many from each hey, tier. Go through, you let's, get. Okay, let's go through these games for a minute while we're at it. And if you're listening to the podcast, I had not looked at this, and I just assumed, I mean, the Leafs game, the Habs game is obviously mm-hmm. going to be in there. But I do see the lowly Chicago Blackhawks is a Tier 1 game. Of course, that will be Connor Bedard's first game here in Winnipeg, and that is going to be a hot ticket. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, the Tier, let's see, the Tier 1 games, they, were, they have Chicago, the Saturday, December 2 at 2 p.m., uh, Montreal, which is always a hot ticket, but that's a Monday, December 18, 630. That's a national national game. 
But Friday, December 22, against Boston, 7 p.m. Saturday, Jan 27, uh, that's the Leafs game, 6 p.m. And another Saturday, February 10, against Pittsburgh. I was shocked the number of Saturday games, Saturday 6 p.m.s, uh, are on this year. But if I had to pick one, Huss, uh, I don't think I'm picking that Saturday afternoon against Chicago. Bedard, he's coming other times. I would go. I th- I still think it'd be Leafs or Bruins for me. I think I would probably go. It's hard to go against the Leafs. The atmosphere is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I think that that's the number one. I'm not. What, what, what's the date on the Boston game again? That's a Friday. The Boston one's good. Friday, December 22. I like those games around Christmas. Oh, There's yeah. always a, it's always a good mood. Friday, I think Friday seven. You know, you could debate between that and Saturday at six. The Friday seven works maybe better for my schedule, but um. Uh, Leafs is a hot one. I think that that Saturday, December is a good one too. Yeah. I mean, Hey, listen, I don't know how much longer, um, Sidney Crosby is going to be kicking That's around, true. um, and a Saturday night game in February, that's February 10th. That mm-hmm. happens to be my birthday. Um, there you go. Although I think I'm going to be out of town this year. A friend of mine's getting married. It's been a long time since they took any extended period of time off. And I think that might be it. Uh, and hopefully the Chiefs will be in a big football game the following day. Um, so those are the five Tier 1 games. I kind of thought that they might have a few more, but I guess those are the games that are in uh, in the most demand. Um, just do a quick rundown of these Tier 2 games, that uh, that next level. Yeah, I mean, what, there's a Florida Saturday afternoon, Vegas on a Thursday, Dallas, Buffalo on a Friday. That was one that stood out to me. But Saturday, 6 p.m., like, look at these Saturday games, 6 p.m., Arizona, McDavid on a Thursday night, Saturday, 6 p.m., uh, Colorado Avs, uh, nice Saturday afternoon, December 30, uh, against Minnesota, another Saturday against the Flyers. Remember the Saturday Flyers game last year, Huss, how great that that, that game was? <laughs> um, what else? A Friday night I against... I was not there for that one. I was out like, of town, and thank God for that. Yeah. I watched that from a bar in Kansas City. Yeah. And that was at that was at the point where I just started to get like a bad feeling. That was, I believe, the day before the AFC Championship game. That was right, you know, the team had played so well. That was right before we got into the uh, All Star break. Morrissey saved the day in the in the Morrissey game against St. Louis, coming back that week before the break. Yeah, but that was right when, yeah, that that game. Jeez, oh, God, bonus was not happy. He was not happy after that one, but what about Anaheim on a Friday night? Don't you want to see the Leo Carlson? Uh, what his first game, game in Winnipeg? Uh, <laughs> Maybe not quite. That's why it's not a tier one. It's not yeah. Connor Bedard. It's not Connor Bedard. That's the number two pick. And Edmonton getting two tier two games for McDavid. Ottawa on a Saturday. Look at all this. I'm shocked. I swear this is more more Saturday games at six p.m. this year than like the last two years combined. Put together. Yeah, I, like that's crazy. The NHL, they, Jets must have been like, "Hey, quit screwing us over here. Give us some Saturday games." Because they had a lot of sun. What Sunday night was kind of their night for a while, but they did they dump hometown hockey. Like they still have national Sunday games, even though they dumped the. I'm I'm not sure, but uh, that, I find that interesting. How many Saturday games they have this year? Yeah, well, I'm happy. I mean, there's nothing better than uh, the Saturday night games. And obviously, you know, you maybe get a little extra exposure on Hockey Night in Canada. But, I mean, as just for someone that goes to most of the games, sat 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, get down there a little early, have a couple, something mm-hmm. to eat. You've still got some time to go out downtown. It's uh, That'll be great. And then, obviously, 
uh, a ton of games, you know, that are more the the weekday games when you put them into tier three, but still tons of uh, tons of great games. Hell, the L.A. game. That's okay. The L.A. game is uh, the Tuesday. That's the return of PLD. That's the second game of the season. Yeah, I looked at tier three. The first, yeah, the second game of the year against PLD. That was the clear winner for me uh, of them. Well, I mean, get- and, and here's something that I'll just throw out um, because I did speak with a couple folks over at the Jets today. I'm just getting a little bit of more, bit more information about these, how they're going to work. Um, obviously, I'll let the the staff there and the uh, the professionals can fill you in on exactly how everything is going to work. But if you are interested in getting these and getting the best seats possible, um, just go over and there's a pre-sale sign-up right now uh, where you pick your games. And they will be, I guess, distributing the seats for these games in the order of, um, you know, of people signing up for this pre-sale before they go on sale to the general public. So go over to uh, the Jets website right now and check those out. And uh, hopefully we'll see you together. And listen, I'll give a little tease. I think there is the potential, uh, you know, coming off some great events that we've put together with the with WST crew, is actually maybe putting together a little Winnipeg Sports Talk pack of four or five games. I mean, I I would love big picture as someone that's at pretty much all the games and not in the press box. I would love to, you know, have like a real supporter section. I mean, where, you know, the hardcores are together and have some fun chants and all those things. And, uh, you know, maybe that's something that could build from this. But once I heard that they were doing smaller packages, uh, I thought that, you know, this might be something that would be available, accessible to fans, you know, whether you're, you know, younger and don't have a ton of money um, or someone that just doesn't have a ton of time but wants to pick and choose four or five games to, to work out with everyone. So we'll have more on that next week. But in the meantime, take a look at the schedule, WSTers. There's your homework for the long weekend. Check the schedule. Check out what they put together for those packages. And um, if we're able to put together a little WST pack, would love to get feedback on what games would be the best for uh, best for you guys. And um, we'll work on uh, we'll work on some uh, some special features of that package, and potentially maybe a road trip as uh, as well. So um, there you go. It's all over at the site right now. Give us your feedback on that. We'll talk a little bit more about it next week and uh, see if we can make uh, make that happen. Uh, Randy D. WST Jet section, love it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and the thing is, uh, I mean, I would love to do it where. If we're at the point, you know, I mean, much like they said, Tinder for season ticket holders, if we wanted to put WSTers together as far as sharing seats, I mean, I think that would be really beneficial for the club. But early on, I mean, we saw how much fun we had at the Gold Eyes game, bringing everyone together. We know that the Jets probably drive more conversation on this show than everything else put together. Um, you know, I would absolutely love to uh, do a little hosting down at the rink and getting the crew together for four or five games. So that's something that we will be working on. But in the meantime, if there's some particular games that you think would work great for a WST uh, event, you let us know. Send us a tweet, winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, many different ways to get a hold of us. All right. Um, we are uh, going to have Rawicki come on. Maybe talk a little bit more about that schedule in the upcoming season, Rasmus Kapari's deal, and more. 
But we got a big, big football game to get to. And I am looking forward to bringing in the host of Bonfire Sports, Darren Bombing. Just before we do that, um, a big shout out to our friends over at Modern Man Barber Shops, now with eight locations in the city of Winnipeg, including the newest ones on Pemina Highway or on Plessy Road. Modern Man Barber Shops offer a variety of grooming services for you fellas haircuts, beard shaping, shaves color services and more great selection of men's products as well for both hair care hair and more book your look make an appointment get them down there modernmanbarber.com and uh, make sure to give them a follow on instagram as well at modern man barber shops um our friends at aquatech have a lot going on this week because it's the in-store summer staycation sale with everything in stock on sale with 10% off. Of course, you know, they are the leaders when it comes to pools. Make Maybe make you 2023 the year you take the plunge. You can visit their team at aqua-tech.ca or if you pop in for the staycation sale, their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers and financing options. And a whole home renovation start with Aquatech as well. But now is the time to get on down to Aquatech for the summer staycation sale, 10% off everything in stock. Um, and by the way, keep an eye on our Instagram starting on Tuesday for you golf fans because we're going to have some passes for the Players' Cup. You get on and see the stars of the uh, PGA Tour Canada, Winnipeg Jet Morgan Barron, uh, amateur champ Braxton Koontz from Breezy Bend, so uh, pay attention to our Instagram on Tuesday for your chance to win some tickets courtesy of our friends at Aquatech. Uh, are you ready for the long weekend? If not, you better give a holler to Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery. Batteries for everything at the best price in town. Whether you need it for a boat, a camper, a Sea-Doo, an ATV, they've got it all. And they'll beat the pants off the big box doors when it comes to price. And not only will you get the best price in town, you're not going to find any more convenient operation the manitoba battery because they'll deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter with any purchase over 60 bucks it's that easy save time save money shop local manitobabattery.com is where you can make your purchase give them a phone call as well that can help you through it and you can always pop in and see them in person as well at 1026 logan avenue and uh, hey it's game day gonna be pushing 30 degrees sunny outside a lot of you, a lot of the smartest fans have already booked Friday off, uh, which means maybe an extra CC and ginger tonight at the game. Canadian Club is the official sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and WST, available throughout IG Field. Obviously, the Rum Hut will have all the Beam Suntory products, but if you want a great one, maybe a little bit of a change-up from your normal beers, CC and ginger, pick it up today, and you can also grab it in cans over at beer stores. All right. Get ready for this tilt tonight. I, I cannot wait to see what happens. The host of Bonfire Sports, who will uh, be having post-game coverage for you tonight on the channel, Darren Bombing joins us now. DB, this is a big one. How are you? You ready to go? Oh, yeah, I'm ready to go. I don't know if you can see. Oh, I yes. Got, I got my game face on. This is a huge tilt, Hustler. Like, no hyperbole, no exaggeration. This game tonight is the biggest game in the CFL this season. 
and could be the biggest regular season game we'll see all year. Of course, September and October will bring some, you know, games with division implications, but this is not a four-point game in the standings. Well, this is a four-point game with six-point implications. The BC Lions are a game up on Winnipeg. A win will put them two games up on Winnipeg, so that would be the four points, but it would also secure them the season series, which is the first tiebreaker if these two teams finish with the same record at the end of the season, which they could very well do. So, you know, remembering the 30-6 to dismantling of the Blue Bombers the BC Lions were able to do six weeks ago is going to be fresh in the minds of the players as much as it is the fans. You better buckle up. This game is going to be hard-nosed slobber knocker football. I can't wait for tonight. Yeah, we're going to chop it up with Dusty, who's calling the game a little later on in the program today. Um, but I mean, let's focus on the Bombers first. Um, this it will look a little different yep. um, than week three. I mean, I think from a defensive perspective, I mean, having Jeff, Jackson Jeffcoat is such a difference maker. I mean, in his own matchups, as pressuring the quarterback, I think Derek Taylor told us he's number one in the league when it comes to getting to and making the quarterback's life miserable. But it's also the effect he has on everybody else. I mean, you look at the amount of extra space and just the damage that Willie Jay's done in games that Jackson's been, it has been significant. And uh, doesn't matter whether it's VA, Dane Adams, or whoever they are, Evans, or whoever they throw out, getting to the quarterback is key. That's what BC did to the Bombers in week three of this season. And Jackson Jeffcoat certainly going to give the Bombers a, a much more formidable, formidable attack up front. And of course, then you can touch on Kyrie Wilson returning to the roster as well. Yeah, I'm watching the Blue Bombers defense incredibly closely this week because they are the strength of this team. You know, you can talk about Zach Kolaris, Kenny Lawler, Dalton Schoen, Brady, the O-line all day long. I, I get it. You know, that, that, that often leads the marquee in football, the quarterback and the offense and, and scoring points. But the Winnipeg Blue Bombers strength has been their defense through those two championship seasons uh, and, and through last year where they tied a league record or pardon me, tied a franchise record with a 15 and three finish to the season. Um, they have not played their best football as of late. I would argue that they've definitely let some quarters and even some halves of football slide. And um, you know, the Edmonton Elks, haven't been able to do much against anybody this year. They were able to get 14 points on Winnipeg. I'm not hanging that entirely on the defense. The offense was just wasn't able to stay on the field in Winnipeg's last game uh, and, and that one coming against Edmonton. But they better be on their P's and Q's against uh, a BC Lions team that can beat you in so many different ways. If anybody can push Winnipeg for the strongest overall receiving core in the CFL, it's the BC Lions. Dominique Rimes comes back into the lineup. Uh, Keon Hatcher, um, you know, uh, Alex Hollins has, has just been, uh, well, he was a Blue Bombers killer in that game six weeks ago at IG Field. Um, Winnipeg's defense, yeah, they got to get to the quarterback. And, and I'm glad DT, you know, gets those stats. Uh, and, and, you know, that's an important one. Everybody looks at the sacks and Matthew Betts leading the CFL with 10. Uh, everybody looks at those numbers, but the way Jeff Coat is able to get to the quarterback and just disrupt what's happening should not be overlooked. Willie Jefferson, a knockdown can be almost more deflating 
to a quarterback than a sack because they thought they got the ball away. They thought they had a target and they don't. Willie, you know, gets up there and, and knocks it away. It, it's crazy to think that a defensive lineman uh, is amongst the league leaders in pass knockdowns. And like, those are all DBs. So, you know, getting Winston Rose back, getting Kyrie Wilson back, I think most notably will help this Blue Bombers defense maybe stabilize their consistency in, in how they how they play and have been playing. Uh, don't look past Kyrie Wilson. This guy is all-star caliber. And since the injury to Malik Clements at weak side linebacker next to Adam Big Hill, getting Kyrie Wilson back in there after 12-month recovery from a, a torn Achilles is absolutely huge in uh, a very, very important and thin spot in Winnipeg's defensive lineup. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, to me, though, <laughs> listen, this is an incredible matchup. You kind of laid out everything that's at stake, how good these two teams have been so far this season. But to me, Darren, I and I think you and most people are going to be focusing on the matchup on the line of scrimmage between the Bomber offensive yeah. line and what the British Columbia Lions defense yeah. is bringing. It was a mismatch. Um, it, was, it was, let's just say, heavily heavily won in week three by BC. And that was part of the reason why Zach Caleros was on his rear end for a good portion of the football game. This is a very proud group. There has been plenty of talk out there. And listen, some of it's legitimate. Father Time is undefeated. These guys have been here playing at a very high level for a long time. Nothing lasts forever. I imagine that this will be the most focused and determined group of O-linemen playing in front of Zach Caleros will be there. And this this is where the game will be won and lost, on the line of scrimmage. And let's face it, the offensive line is going to need a hell of a lot better performance than they had earlier this season. And I think that they do have that in them. Yeah, pride is on the line. You know, if, if you think for a second that pro athletes don't follow the media or the news or fan sentiment, you know, they're out and about in the community, CFL players especially. Uh, they, they know what's being said about them. They know they're being told, well, this isn't the same Blue Bombers offensive line uh, as, as years past. They're not as dominant. Oh, they're, you know, a couple of those guys are getting older. They're, they're not, you know, the best in the league anymore. At times, they've shown to be dominant. You know, the way that they're able to just pound the football with, with Brady Oliveira, it's as much the O-line as it is Brady uh, in, in that ball control style of offense. And yeah, Zach Kolaris has been, uh, you know, pressured and, and uh, hurried and, and sacked maybe more this year than he has in the past. But it's not to, um, you know, a, a concerning extent, honestly. Uh, I know a lot of fans don't, you know, maybe wouldn't agree with that. They are concerned about that, and I get it. But uh, BC, their defense is the best in the CFL, like top to bottom, back end, front end, everything. And they're dressing nine Nine defensive linemen tonight, which means they are going to be fresh. They are going to be coming hot and heavy on a hot and sweltering night at the ballpark. So Winnipeg's offensive line, I expect to see Tui Ellie uh, and uh, Liam Dobson, the two reserves, you know, come in and, and spell some of those guys in the starting five using some jumbo packages, uh, double tight end sets. Chris Walby talked a lot about this uh, on our pregame show on Bonfire. Um, and, and they got two fullbacks in the lineup as well. And that, that could be super jumbo, right? You got two tight ends. That's a jumbo package. You bring in a fullback to block as well. They could do some super jumbo work as well. We know how good 
um, Rashid Bailey and Nick Dembski are on those inside slot back spots, blocking in the run game and in the pass game, Wallatarski, the others as well. But Winnipeg's offensive MO tonight is to win the physicality battle. They can't let BC gain momentum and get into Zach Kolaris's face. Brady needs to run strong. The, the O-line needs to pass protect as, as well as, as everybody else on that offense. They need to play cohesive, consistent football. Winnipeg has scored points this year. They're, they're nowhere near an average offense. They are above average, but they have been average or below average for streaks during games this season. That consistency, like I was talking about on the defense, they need it on the offense too. Um, again, you know, we, we know how important this game is. Uh, we're going to be talking about the implications of this game tonight in October and November. Mark my words, we will be talking about the result of this game when we're looking at the postseason. So, you know, they got to go out there and, and hit the BC lines in the mouth. That starts on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, uh, uh, listen, folks should get to uh, the uh, the game day edition of Bonfire Sports and listen to everything that Walby has to say heading into this game. Might be a great little pod listen in the uh, parking lot or on the way to the game tonight. Uh, but fill us in on, I mean, for people that didn't see it, just... Chris's feeling about the offensive line. There's nobody that knows O-line play and this team better than Chris Walby. Where is he at about this challenge tonight and um, you know what's in store for those guys up front protecting Zach Caleros when the kickoff goes after 7:30? Yeah, I won't put words in in the Hall of Famer's mouth, you know, but, uh, you know, he he shared, you know, him and I share a very similar sentiment about this whole line. They haven't been as dominant, but they're still very, very good. And that ball control I talked about, the way Brady, uh, you know, they're able to just put the ball in his belly late in games and kill the clock, kill a whole quarter with, you know, a nine or ten minute drive like they, they've shown a couple times this year uh, is valuable. But, um, you know, if you read between the lines in what 63 says, and you, you listen to uh, how he answers questions about the criticisms around the Blue Bombers offensive line. It comes down to him saying BC is not just dressing nine guys, but they are also incredibly talented. Uh, David Menard, uh, Takema, um, Woody Barron, they got a lot of guys that can really come in addition to Matthew Betts, who's having a most outstanding defensive player caliber season for the BC Lions. Um Coverage sacks are something people talk about in football when it's not necessarily the D-line beating the O-line and getting to the quarterback as much as it is the defensive backs covering so well that it forces a quarterback to just hold onto the ball too long. That could very well be a factor tonight as well. I think having Kenny Lawler in the lineup compared to six weeks ago when Winnipeg lost to BC when they didn't have Lawler, uh, I think will be a, you know, a, a positive for the Blue Bombers. But when you talk about Marcus Sales and uh, you talk about Gary Peters and TJ Lee and, and the guys that they got on the back end of that BC Lions defense, that could be, uh, you know, the most talented defensive backfield in the CFL today. BC is loaded. Don't think for a second that because they're coming in here with a number two quarterback in Dane Evans, that they're going to be, uh, you know, handled easily by Winnipeg. BC's coming in and, and trying to show everybody that they're the best team in the West, that they're the best team in the CFL they're the only team, um, you know, uh, the only team to beat them this year is the Toronto Argonauts who are still undefeated. So BC's coming in with something to prove as well. Well, and that was also, of course, the infamous 
six pick game by Vernon Adams. And of course, he uh, won't be there tonight. Uh, Revis has beat me to the why not question of the day for yep. not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGillivray, but it's in the chat right now, and it's pretty simple. Is this a must-win game for the Blue Bombers? I mean, in reality, I know we're not even into the second half of the season. Everyone right. says the season really starts at Labor Day, and I get that. But I'll tell you what, um, if you if you feel that home field advantage and that extra week of rest for the Bombers is important, which I absolutely do, especially if we want to talk about the age of this team and what they'll go through, you got to have this one tonight. And as T. Conopoli just mentioned in chat, Bombers win this game. And my God, does that set up a monster tilt October 6th in British Columbia, which would be for the tiebreaker. And for all intents and purposes, you would think the division, although, you know, we'll see whether BC loses to other games. And and obviously, we'll see if some of the other teams in the league, not name the Bombers, Argos, or BC, sort of, you know, get things going and, you know, find themselves able to knock off those other teams. Um, but Darren, um, I mean, must win might be a little strong, but this is about as close to it as you could possibly have. And, and I said to Dusty earlier today on the lock shop, I mean, for sure, this is the eighth game of the season for these teams. But when you look at the schedule, when you look at the landscape of the Canadian football league in the Western division, I'm with you. I don't think there's any doubt that at the end of the year, regardless of who wins this game tonight, You'll look back at this Thursday at the beginning of August as one of the most impactful regular season games of the year. And uh, Bombers better be ready for a, a big test, even on short rest, coming off a game on Saturday. A real reality in 2023 in the CFL is we might see an East Division crossover to the West, which really hasn't happened ever if, if it has happened once or twice. No, I don't uh, think it, so. No, it is. It, it has never happened. time if it has. Um, yeah. But, you know, to answer the question, as briefly as I can, if you ask Mike O'Shea or anybody inside that locker room, is this game a must win? They'll say every game is a must win. The reality from us that get to look a little bit bigger picture is no, it's not must win. It's August. But that home game with a crossover, but potentially being a thing, you know, like that that's going to be important because that's the way shockers have happened in the CFL is, is a, a team people sleeping on, uh, you know, on the road will end up, um, you know, ma making a run towards the gray cup. Uh, I don't see it as a must win, but I do see it as uh, if they don't win, if Winnipeg doesn't win the magnification of this team's flaws and every team everywhere, every season has flaws, but that magnification of the flaws and the, focus on them and the volume of criticism will be greatly increased because expectations as have been the case the last number of years in here, not last number of years here in Winnipeg hustler. We all know what it is. It's great cup or bust. And Winnipeg is trying to get back to the dance for a fourth straight season. So you start that conversation of they're not the best team in the CFL. They're not the best team, even in the West division. Um, it might be something people will be talking about for, for a long, long time. You know, the, the schedule upcoming Edmonton, Calgary, uh, Montreal, and then the home and home banjo bowl, Labor Day classic series with the rough riders. Um, you know, a little bit easier schedule in the, the meet, the middle stretch here. Uh, to me, this game is the most important they have 
all season so far, and it's the most important they'll have for a good stretch moving forward. So, you know, I understand people saying it's a must-win game because it's about as close as you can get in August. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Darren Bombing of Bonfire Sports is with us. Uh, of course, um, you had, was, it was Stanley Bryant who uh, jumped on the uh, the midweek show. If, um, oh, uh, Jamarcus. Or Jamarcus, excuse yeah, me. The Hardrick Hop-On. Yes, um, and... Listen, I mean, it was great. Another thing people should check out. I, I've heard from, and we had Rashid Bailey, and like Rashid is great. so unique. I mean, the guy's yeah. got so much passion in his voice, and like he didn't come right out and say that this was the game that they've been thinking about since week three. Right. I sort of got that from him that he did, and I know Mike O'Shea and the way he runs his operation doesn't want to make things bigger than they are, doesn't want to doesn't want to add fuel to the fire of what we are talking about, but I'm sure you got from Stanley uh, and, and being around the team this week that, yeah, it's week eight. That's another game in the regular season, but this isn't just another game in the regular season. No, like they're never going to say we want revenge or retribution, you know, uh, against a team that beat us earlier this year, but that, that wasn't a 31 28 loss. That was a 30-6 to six loss at home against a team, yeah, that was 2-0 and at the time in the BC Lions, but nobody was expecting BC to be this good. Nathan Rourke goes to the NFL. Okay, you know, they add some pieces in free agency. They retain a lot of guys. They have continuity on coaching, but nobody expected BC to be pushing the Blue Bombers around, and they came in week three and pushed the Blue Bombers around. They beat the crap out of the Calgary Stampeders in week one. Everybody was like, is this for real? Is this a mirage? What team is this, BC Lions? Then they get a quarterback injury, and they continue to win. They continue to look uh, just as well-rounded as always. Um, that said, Hustler, they won't talk about revenge. They won't throw fuel on the fire in that respect, but there is zero, zero question in my mind that the pride of the Blue Bombers playing at home is not on the line. It is most definitely at the forefront of everybody's mind that a team that kicked the crap out of them just six weeks ago is back again, and Winnipeg gets another crack at them. They are going to be fired up. And and I'll, I'll say it again. Physicality is going to win the day because they're both talented. They're both uh, very well coached. They're both going to game plan very strongly for one another. They have lots of film on each other at this point in the season, CFL Week 9. Uh, so, you know, everything is in place for one of these teams to find a way to come out on top, it's going to come down to who plays more physical football. Um, and I, I just expect Winnipeg to, to really bring it. I think Winnipeg will win tonight. They'll, you know, uh, Jamarcus Hardrick on our show, as you were, you were talking about, he said uh, the Blue Bombers home fans are their cheat code. It's like that cheat code in a video game that just gives you that little bit of advantage, that little power boost late in the fight that helps you come out on top. And, um, you know, Winnipeg is not going to lay down and let the Lions come into Winnipeg and, and push them around like they did. Well, and, and and I think, you know, the offense will hope that maybe they'll have some time to think. The fans can really be difference makers when it comes to uh, when Dane Evans is on the field. And, and, and I'll say this. I mean, I've been doing the lock shop with Dusty for a long time. We pick every CFL game I think we have for the better part of the last three years. I've never been more puzzled by a line and a line movement than the one in this game. 
when we did the show on Tuesday, the Lions had just come out and the Bombers were four and a half point favorites. And I was surprised that it was that high. And I said, well, listen, considering what the Lions have been doing this year, like I'm kind of thinking that this ends up around three. It's six. And I know that the Bombers are the Bombers. And I understand that the BC Lions played on Saturday and the Bombers are coming off a bye. And I'm sure that is a big part of it. But I'll be honest, Darren, I am stunned that we haven't seen it go back. And it looks like the Bombers are going into this game as six-point favorites. And as much as I don't bet against my team, (laughs) uh, I wasn't about to lay six at home. Uh, I went Mm -hmm. to the total for our pick on this one. Um, Any thoughts on at least what, at least outside of this market, the uh, if you want to see how things really go, follow the money. Are you as surprised as I am that the Bombers are six-point favorites tonight? No, because I see the odds makers with CFL lines getting a lot smarter than they have been for a number of years. I hope they're right. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, yeah, sure. I, I'm sure you are, and I'm sure Bombers fans are, you know, uh, across the board. Um, I think that they're they're just a lot sharper on betting trends and i think they're a lot sharper on you know potential outcomes in the cfl that that can be you know a, a team can score a touchdown in the final 30 seconds like a, a possession from their own end and, and score that quickly and then you can see it come back the other way like you know in in you know uh, a minute right uh total with 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 scores happening that way so uh, I do believe that that week three loss for the Blue Bombers plays into the line that we're seeing in this game because, um, you know, again, I, I just think Vegas odds makers are way smarter than they used to be on these CFL lines. I think they used to look at things very objectively. I don't think they do that anymore. I think they do look a little bit beneath the surface of the skin of, of some of the other things that might be at play. And then, of course, there's, you know, it's Bomber Nation. Right. People are going to bet on the home team. So you make it a number as you just laid out. Uh, it makes it a little bit tough to lay six down. But three and a half, four and a half. Is there even really a difference there? Uh, a field goal or versus four points? Uh, I, I don't see it that way. If I had to put money down on, on a game like this, it's probably a money line bet. Uh, or I'd, I'd probably be looking at props um, because, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't trust, um, you know, the, the biggest game of the year for first place in the West. Uh, to, to be a game where one team is going to be that much better than the other. I think it's going to come down to a player too. Yeah, well, listen, I, I'm I, I'm with you. I uh, will not be laying the six, although I'd love to be wrong and see them blow the doors off, but I think I'm going to be leaning on the under. I think this is going to be two incredible defenses going at it. And, um, you know, as they say, uh, this, you know, 21-17, 21-18, uh, you know, that sort of a game is, I think, what we'll be uh, be up for. But I guess we'll see. And What's you, the number? 44-and-a-half. Uh, so, I'll take the over. Let's see. Well, there you go. We'll have, maybe we'll put a, maybe we'll you put and I can have a, on we'll it put next a, week. We'll, we'll put, put a, a yard dog on it. Yeah, a other. yard dog. Listen, listen, I'm getting... I had enough with the yard dog. If you're wondering what the we're talking burger? about, check out the check out the reels on the WST Instagram. Um, <laughs> quickly, just on our way out, um, fill people in on what you got coming up after the final whistle tonight on Bonfire. Yeah, we go live uh, every Blue Bombers game, home and away. Game day after dark is our post-game show. It's our most popular show, uh, bringing in fans and, and really, you know, uh, having the conversation. I've been pulling up video highlights and playing those uh, on the post-game as well. The the podcast is up uh, soon after, uh, you know, we, we uh, 
uh, exit the airwaves. Um, but the pregame show with Chris Walby is where you get your knowledge, right? Well, look at that. Hey, pulling up the numbers for me. Appreciate that, Remo. Uh, and uh, Chris Walby brings a level of, of knowledge and insight few others can because he played 16 years at a Hall of Fame level uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He's played both sides of the football. He was a D lineman before he was an offensive lineman. So, um, you know, I, I really encourage people to check that out. And yeah, my conversation myself and, and Schnitzi had with uh, Jamarcus Hardrick on Bonfire Midweek uh, was a ton of fun as well. So lots of good stuff up on the channel. Appreciate it, Huss. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, getting into it with uh, all the Bomber fans in the chat afterwards, win or lose on uh, the After Dark edition after tonight's game. Have a great long weekend. Enjoy this one tonight, dude. Buckle up. We'll see you at the Madhouse on Matheson tonight. Let's go. All right. There's Darren Bombing. We'll have more on tonight's game with Dustin Nielsen coming up a little later on. We are going to talk some Jets at NHL offseason a little bit more with Brandon Rewicki of Skates and Plates. Just before we do that, hey, folks, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too, get on down to one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores. Listen, this is long weekend. I mean, this is the epicenter, the prime time when it comes to grilling season. If you want to step the, step up your barbecue game, head on down to Vita Health for grass-fed bison and beef steaks that will take your meal to another level. And, of course, they've also got great, fresh, delivered grab-and-go sandwiches at the market, and you'll get a free sapsucker drink with every purchase this month of a grab-and-go sandwich or wrap. It is that easy. Get on down, support local at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, six Winnipeg locations, and online with a fully shoppable website. Find out more and check it all out at myvita.ca. Um, hey, shout-out to the Winnipeg Smoke who uh, had a big win today, upsetting the number one team from Montreal on the ice in the hockey competition at the uh, World Police and Fire Games. Our friends at Wallace & Wallace are proud sponsors of the World Police and Fire Games and are the official supplier of all the fencing that is on their various sites. If you're having an outdoor event, a wedding, family reunion, or need a temporary fence of any kind for your property or construction site, Give Wallace & Wallace a call. Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist, 452-2700. You can also visit them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Um, I know we'll be wearing tees. Well, Brandon's going to be wearing a tank top. Sun's out, gun's out all weekend for sure. Um, but we do know that kind of back to normal post-summer's around the corner. How's your closet looking for fall, folks? If you need to upgrade your menswear game, you need to get on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding party, talk to about a 15% discount on suits for the entire gang for the big day. F Apparel is at 190 Smith Street, and you can also find out more and make an appointment at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And hey, we're pushing 30 for the next few days. What are you waiting for? Get on down to Nick and Nikki DQ. Bring your gang. Bring the kids. Dive into those summer blizzard flavors. Grab a couple racks of Dilly bars or Buster bars for the freezer as well. It is a DQ summer. And our friends at Nick and Nikki are there for you. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, 
and the DQ at Niverville. All right, let's get Brandon Ruwicki in. Ru, what's going on? How are you, my man? I'm doing pretty good. What's going on with you? Well, I'm uh, looking forward to a great weekend, hopefully coming back with some incredible fishing stories and some picks to regale our viewers and listeners with. Um, but I'll tell you what, and I know it'll be with the guys I'm going out with, there'll be lots of Jets conversations in the boat. But just before we get to that, what do you think about this game tonight? Big one for the Bombers. Little redemption game after what happened in week three. But, man, BC has been a problem this year for everyone they played. Yeah, they're a wagon. I mean, I mean, they, just by this year alone, they've been the best team in the CFL. I don't think there's much doubt about it. I Honestly, man, the, the thing I'm most intrigued about and, and maybe what I will feel, it'll make me lean towards how optimistic I'm going to be about the Bombers' chances as we move into the, the second half of the season is just how the O-line does. You know, I'm, I'm still pretty confident the defense is going to be, you know, when the chips are down, they're going to be just fine. And they've played, I think, maybe better than some people might give them credit for so far this season. And I know Vernon Adams just cooked him up last time around. But to me, the by far the most concerning part of that BC game was three-man rush, four-man rush, send a blade. It didn't matter what BC did. They were putting licks on Zach Caleros basically every single offensive snap for Winnipeg. So... If if the Bombers can, for the most part, hold down the fort, keep Zach clean, give him a pocket to work with, win or lose, I'm going to feel pretty optimistic that, you know, it'll be a battle come playoff time if they meet, but I'll feel pretty good about the Bombers' chances. If, if they go into this one after being flat-out embarrassed earlier in the season and the O-line gets worked yet again, then I don't know, man. I, I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot to, to hang your hat on going into September. So I'm that that's kind of the one battle I'm looking forward to there. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully the boys got their humble pie earlier on in the season and they'll be ready to go tonight. Well, I know the fans are going to be ready to go. Should be another great crowd at IG Field and uh, can get there early. Princess Auto Tailgate Zone 530 and uh, be in full force for that kickoff at 730 p.m. Rocking the blue and gold. Um, let's get to the uh, the Jets offseason. And uh, you know, Rasmus Kapari signed a one or sorry, a two year deal at a million per. I mean, listen, I think, you know, whether it was a hundred grand more or less, I mean, we all knew that it was going to be in that range. But, Brandon, what do you. Uh, we had the quote from Daryl Evans yesterday that I caught up after the trade at the uh, draft in Nashville. And he had said that. You know, Kapari's got size, he's got speed, he, he's been, you know, a pretty good scorer at the AHL level, um, but he's been playing down the lineup. What do you think the potential is for Kapari with the Winnipeg Jets, you know, on a team where I think there's far more opportunity if you produce and do the things the coaches want you to do um, to maybe get a little bit more playing time and move up the lineup? Yeah, I, I I don't know if there's a boatload of potential. It's it's not that he can't be a, a viable player for the Jets, but to me, I kind of see this playing out as Kupari versus Gustafson for the fourth line center role for the Jets this upcoming year. I and I, I like that. I, I I mean, to me, give me a a younger guy that can play fourth line center for you that you know has the capability to put up a little bit of offense compared to some of the options they've had in the past, and they're good their own end as well. So. I, I to me that that's kind of where I see Kupari season starting. I mean, I, I don't know how adept he is to shifting out over to the wing, 
Um, I don't I don't know if Gustafson's game suits well to the wall either. So I'll be intrigued to see if it's, you know, fourth line center or bust for either one of those guys. Um, but I, I don't even know who has the, the inside edge on the job either, Huss. I mean, I mean, like, I think they're both they're both coming into this pretty similar NHL careers so far or pretty similar careers since they've been drafted. Right. Like both in and around the second round. Pretty good at the AHL level, but just haven't been able to find a foothold yet at the NHL level here. So I, I'm intrigued to see what happens there. I, I Maybe I might lean a little bit towards Kapari, but I thought Gus in the early goings last year, you know, maybe the points weren't going in for him. I, I thought he had a little more offensive touch than I remembered seeing from him in his first few stints with Winnipeg. So I, I'm not expecting the world out of either one of those guys, but I mean, they could be two-thirds of a solid fourth line for the Jets be a little bit faster, a little more skilled than we've seen in the past. I, I think that's I think that's a pretty good spot for the club to be in down on the depth chart. Yeah, it, it's an interesting um, a battle and conversation about the two. I mean, Kapari scored three last year and had 15 points. The year before, he had five goals and 13 points, 66 and 57 games, respectively. He certainly played more than Gus, and Gus has had some bad luck with getting injured. But Gus, I mean... I. I was surprised. I thought Gus played 20 or 20. If you would ask me, hey, how many games did David Gustafson play last year? I would have said, I ah, played 20. He played 25. He played 46. He never scored a goal. So, I, I listen, I mean, we'll see what that line looks like. But I will say this, at least from what we've seen at the NHL level so far, goal scoring alone, I think there's a little bit more from Kapari. And... You know, again, if you're eight, and I think the advantage, whoever gets that job, I think is going to be on a line that I would expect to play more and to have a little bit more, a little bit more potential to actually, you know, be an impactful line as opposed to just, you know, hopefully treading water and getting off and not getting scored on. Because when you look at the Dubois trade, and I think you can obviously say that, you know, that top six maybe is weakened a little bit. The depth that the Winnipeg Jets got by getting Ayafalo, by getting Velarde and Kapari, who presumably fits in in that fourth line, I think gives them the opportunity to maybe play some players that had been in third-line roles before for the Winnipeg Jets and have proven their ability to play that le- that level on that fourth line. And I'm sure Rick Bonus, I would be willing to make a wager that when you look 20 games into the season – this team maybe has this ice time spread out a little bit more than it's been in the past. And I think that's a good thing, especially when you talk about the grind of an 82 game season. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a shift to to modern day thinking when it comes to optimizing your forward group. Right. I mean, it's the same, a little bit different, but to me, it's the same as giving your starting goalie 50 ish games as opposed to 65, which we'll see if that takes place again this season in Winnipeg. But I, I mean, it's 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 definitely leaning towards you know this is a marathon, hey, not a sprint. Just quickly right? on that note, if this is Hellebuck's last season in Winnipeg, I want Arter's Urbe numbers. <laughs> I, like, let's go seventy nine of eighty two. Gotta be, yeah, gotta be a seven in front of that one. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm I'm, not, I'm gonna take the under on that one. Um, but but I mean, th- this this is a forward group that for how many years? I mean, especially under Paul Maurice, right? I mean, what was the what was the Pomo special? Five minutes for the fourth line, and you'd have the Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, those that that cast of characters getting 22, 23 minutes a night. Um, I I do wonder this year if we see, you know, assuming Shifley's back and everything like that, I 
I, I wonder how many guys crack 20 minutes up front a night has. Like, it, it might be a little bit more what you're saying here, where we're trying to do this by committee and rotate, having more of a rotation just makes us a more difficult team to play against. Some Trusting of the, the guys in the bottom tougher. six a little bit more. And I mean, man, you look at, I mean, listen, Adam Lowry had a bizarre season last year because I thought he had a great start. He had that long stretch of not scoring and, you know, there was a number of players that were in and out. But man, if you look at what got the Jets into the playoffs, the last 20 games of the season, that was some of the best Adam Lowry that we've seen. And again, in the playoffs, he was arguably one of the Winnipeg Jets, play, Jets best players and was making things happen offensively. I mean, if we can get that Adam Lowry for the majority of the season, probably playing with a Nito Niederreiter or an Alex Iafalo and allowing a Kapari or who's ever on that fourth line to be playing with an Appleton to maybe a Morgan Barron who remains stays on the third line. How could you not play those guys a little bit more? And I mean, the theory is that, you know, top line players playing 18 minutes a night have a little bit more to bring when they're on the ice as opposed to maxing out those shifts, being on the ice too long and playing 22 and 23. And what that does, considering the amount of back-to-backs and three and fives and four and sixes that you get all season long. Exactly. And I mean, didn't Vegas do this to a T? Absolutely. Right. And you could make the case. I even think you could make the case. It's probably just fact. Like Eichel is better than any offensive player the Jets have. Um, Mark Stone is a better forward than any, right? Like it's not like Vegas has no talent up front and they were forced to do it. It was just a decision made that, look, this is how, this is the only way we're going to be able to win as a team is, is by playing a certain brand of hockey. And they went there and did that kind of like the Boston Bruins mold. Like it's almost like Bruce, Ca- I know Vegas has done that for a while, but it's like Bruce Cassidy brought what he did in Boston and transferred over to Vegas. And, and I mean, you want to talk about consistency year in, year out, you know, the Bruins and hey, even the Golden Knights for the most part have been some of the more successful regular season teams that we have in the NHL. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's long overdue the Jets veered more towards that path. Uh, honestly, I think maybe the biggest concern about them trying to spread out the minutes a little bit more isn't necessarily the third and fourth line, and it isn't necessarily the top line, but it's it's going to be that second line. Because there's just so many unknowns right now. We, I mean, it might, it might have two of Velarde and Perfetti who are trying to make their stamp in the NHL. We don't even know what their we don't know what their ceiling is. We don't know what their prison is right now either. Like, there's just a lot more unknowns with that second line at the moment. There's, it's a little more of a you know a certain thing when you look at the rest of the Jets roster. But I think that ultimately might play a pretty big part in, in determining. Okay. The fourth line gets 10, the third line gets 13, 14, and is the first line going to be up and above 20 or a little bit closer to 18? I mean, that that's right. As it stands right now, it's pretty much the same Jets team as we saw last year. What, what's ultimately going to ter- determine how many games they, they win or lose is are Velarde and Perfetti ready for primetime? That, that's, that's pretty much what the Jets are banking on at this moment. Uh, by the way, Brandon, as we talk Jets, we've had some interesting happenings in the chat. The Duck has entered the chat representing the BC Lions and is riling everybody up. Um, folks, A, don't get sucked in. Doc, it's great to see the passion that you have. But listen, uh, you know, celebrating the Lions and where they're at right now and their great start is great, but this would have been like 
you know, us planning a parade last year when the Jets were awesome 25 games into the season. <laughs> it's a long season, pal, and it could be a long night for your guys tonight. We will see. Anyways, all are welcome in the WST chat. Um, you know, I mean, as I said, I, many of the topics that we've covered, potential moves, I mean, I think, you know, we'll have some more information in the next few weeks. We'll see if things change and we can get to that. I wanted to touch on a couple things, though, in the league with you. What was your reaction when you saw Troy Terry get seven by seven yesterday? I mean, my initial reaction was, whoa, that, that seemed like a lot. But then it's like, well, you know, the, the kid, the kid's been producing at a pretty high level for a while. It, it just got, there was like a little bit of sticker shock at first. Then you take a look at what he's done. And it's, you know, that's some good business by Anaheim there. I mean, he's, he's been able to produce on realistically what, the second or third worst team in the NHL over the last two years. Very is little that help. why he was able to do that? I mean, I guess that was my question. And listen, the guy had two monster seasons. He went to the All-Star game. He had 37 goals and 67 points in 75 games in 2021-22. Last year, you know, I think a regression to the mean, 23 and 61 points. So let's average it out and call him a 30-goal score. But if you're a 30-goal scorer getting every opportunity on the power play on top line minutes for a garbage team. Is that an investment that you want to make for seven years at seven mil? I'm torn because he is a good player and he can play. But to me, this reeks of a guy that's getting big money on a bad team. You know, we like, like, Hey, yeah. Can he be a first liner? Sure. On a garbage team. Are they any closer to winning games, putting that much money into a player like Troy Terry? I guess is the question. Yeah, I, I guess my counter to that would be twofold, and and one would just be, you know, seven mil is probably around what you have to pay for a first, second line tweener. Like that, that's probably going to be the going rate right now, and it will be that as the, as the cap starts to to move up in the coming years here. So like it sounds like a lot, but I mean, you look at some of the free agent and deals that are signed and. And what some RFAs have gotten in the past, it's it's not really that far away from what similar producing forwards are getting. The other one would be that, I mean, show me the forward, show show me a team that was burned by signing a young forward to a long term deal early, and and there are very very few mistakes that are made by teams that do that. And so I I would rather push my chips in on a twenty four ish, let's twenty three, twenty four, twenty five year old. And hey, you know, at least we're getting him through his prime, and and we'll worry about the the second, third contract after that. Um, but I, I like I ultimately do wonder if you get a little more protection, production around him, things like that. If if you don't see his numbers jump up a little bit more, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Clayton Keller deal a few years ago with Arizona, where like the production just wasn't there from him yet, and it was really just a, a payday based on potential that we think ultimately he's going to be able to reach that spot. And now it's one of the better deals for forwards in the NHL. He's, I mean, the kid's lighting in a bottle when he's out there on the ice. I, I don't know if Terry's contract will ultimately reach that point, but I, I, I think it's, I think it's solid work by Anaheim. And I kind of like the team that they're building. I, I at least like their forward group. I mean, their forward group, if everything goes according to plan is going to be, gonna be real real scary in in four or five years and i i i don't mind i don't don't mind paying a guy like terry seven mil knowing that he's gonna play on one of my top two lines and he's gonna be able to put up well over 60 points with either zegris or with leo carlson i you know it's funny you mentioned carlson i was just about to say you know we'll see how he fits in with fantilly 
I know, I was gonna, I, they didn't take Fantilli, yeah. and I'm still laughing. I don't know if you saw that picture I tweeted out from Nashville, but I walked out of the draft on um, on uh, the Friday night or whatever, the first night. I don't know it wasn't on Friday. And I was hooking up with my buddy Pat Steinberg from, uh, from Calgary. We we're just sitting there talking about the draft, and I look over, and it was a guy in a pro Ducks Fantilli jersey. <laughs> I just said, you know what? Listen, unless it's Bedard, you might yeah, want to pump the brakes until you make the pick to get the jersey. What's the rush? <laughs> what, like, what, what, I, I never understand what the rush is on. Yeah, like, like there it I is. Just don't get, like, just wait. <laughs> Especially like it's it's not like this was. I, I I'm trying to think like when Pulyarvi fell, or you know, like it was. It wasn't like this outlandish leap that the Ducks made. Like Carlson Fantilli were pretty much neck and neck for like the last month and a half of the season so yeah good for him well, i hope you enjoyed I, I, wasting 250 see the funny thing is that i was stunned i mean i think we were on with the uh, ic guys remus and i were on with uh with drew and uh and ezzy um doing the draft um at that time or was it dave and ezzy yeah it was dave and ezzy um and i mean i kind of looked over and i'm like oh my god just because we've seen you know so many people every single mock had fantilly going number one and the thing that I was really pissed off about was the fact that Kubat had the lines up and Fantilli was minus 588 to go. And I think Carlson was like plus 450 or plus 500. So would have been nice to have that sort of insight and uh, and forecast. Yeah. But um, uh, there it was. One other very interesting note about the NHL, and I'm going to get into this with Dusty coming up. But uh, I'm sure you noticed the front office move today with the Edmonton Oilers. I, I I kind of vaguely saw it, but I, like I yeah. The new I mean, COO uh, or CEO of hockey operations, which I understand is on top of the president, is Connor McDavid's agent. <laughs> I, I got mean, no problem with that. I got I got no. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're Daryl Cates, like here you go. This is your job. Make sure this guy stays in Edmonton, and you'll be worth every single penny. And uh, they, you know, being proactive on that stuff probably isn't going to hurt because he is the franchise. Let's face it. They could pay this dude twenty million a year, and if McDavid signs another contract at Edmonton, it's money well spent. So yeah, I would, I would probably is it is it the most fair way to run a business? Probably not. Is it what I would do if I was in their shoes? Absolutely. Um, Brandon, what's Boston going to do? You know, we, they now have clarity on Swayman and Frederick's numbers. They're basically right at the cap. I, I know there's been lots of talk about Mark Shifley. There's been lots of talk about Elias Lindholm. Uh, certainly for Winnipeg, I do not see a trade that makes sense that is possible. Um, I mean, is Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka going to be their one-two punch down the middle and then see what happens in the third and fourth line with hopefully guys that can actually even just tread water at that position. It, for a team that was so historically good last year, it is absolutely wild to see like where they are right now, the changes that they've had uh, over the offseason, the fact that they are at the cap number without really filling either hole left by Krejci or the massive shoes of uh, Patrice Bergeron. I, I don't know what the plan is. <laughs> I, really, like, I really don't. I, I I don't know. I, I mean, to me, it kind of feels like they had one or two or maybe even three things set up. 
and they went 0 for 3 in all of them. I, I just don't know how a team that's in the position they're at, and you have, I mean, it'd be one thing if, say, Marshawn was gone too, and maybe you're doing like, well, we'll take a bit of a step back this year and we'll try to figure things, and may, maybe next year we don't have to force force feet a move to, to fit a spot right now. We can take a run at things next year. But with Marshawn and some of the other guys there, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I mean, maybe, maybe the plan at this point is pray that New Jersey pulls the panic button and makes a move for Connor Hellebuck, which then makes Mark Shifley a much more obvious and, and palatable deal. Other than that, I, I really don't know, man. And I, it's just, it, it, it's not the year to, you know, put all of your eggs in the basket of, of Zach and Coyle because Buffalo's no joke anymore. Detroit's kind of slowly making more and more strides year in, year out. And I mean, at, at some point you think Ottawa's got to go from, you know, blind optimism to legitimate results here. It's, it's a brutal division that they're in. And I, you just, you, you wonder, you really wonder what the ultimate plan is here. Or if they're maybe just hoping we can tread water and, by the time the calendar flips and we're getting closer to the deadline, maybe then's a, that that's the time for a deal that we can make that can fill a hole or two for us. But I I, I just don't see the logic in what they're doing right now. Um, you know, you just mentioned three teams that are really interesting to me heading in: Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. So last year, Buffalo had 91 points in 82 games and missed the playoffs by one point. Florida got in and ended up going to the cup final with 92 and the Buffalo Sabres were 91. The Ottawa Senators had 86 points in 82 games and the Detroit Red Wings had 80 points in 82 games. All of had I wouldn't say Buffalo's had a really active off season. Um, Ottawa and Detroit have, and of course made a trade between themselves with the, with uh, DeBrincat. Rank those three teams in your mind going into this season and Will any of them make the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, for me, Buffalo's definitely the best of the bunch. I agree. I, I really thought they would go in hard on a stopgap veteran to, to go with, uh, alongside Devin Levi. I mean, that's, that's the one thing that scares me with Buffalo. I love their forward group, love their defense core. But man, oh man, are you putting a lot of trust in that kid to to carry the mail with Eric Comrie as it stands right now? I mean, that's that's their one-two punch. It's it's probably the weakest outside of Montreal in that division. And then, I mean, one of the weaker ones until Levi proves himself for any team that has playoff aspirations right now. So I, I wonder, you wonder if Buffalo's done there. That's a move I think they can realistically make if they need to at any time. I don't think it would be Connor Hellebuck, but I think. Buffalo, if need be, can pull the trigger on on getting Devin Levi some help right now. So I would put the Sabres there. Red Wings and Sens. I think I might go Ottawa. I might I may lean, oh, lean a little too. bit more towards Ottawa there. I mean, Detroit, Detroit's banking on, you know, I think Cider and Raymond taking a, a step into superstardom and then maybe Edvinson as well becoming a, a bit of an impact guy for them. But, I, man, I, I just look at Detroit, and it's it's like, how many middle six guys do you need outside of Debrinket, who I, I like to move there for? But it just feels like they're bringing in guys that were better than they had previously, but not real big-time difference makers. But you look at what Ottawa did. I don't like the Corpusallo contract at all, but he'll probably be decent for them in net, like good enough in net at least. And if you can get 65 games even out of Jacob Chikrin, 
that's a pretty good blue line they're building there in Ottawa with a forward group that's been pretty electric the, these past couple of years. And, you know, maybe Stutzel goes from 90 to 100 points this year. So I would say Buffalo-Ottawa, to me, are the two teams. I, I, I just I wonder if they have enough, though, to take down. Like, I mean, Boston could have a nightmare year, but if they drop 30 points, like that's, that's still putting them in and around. Still 105. Yeah, right? Like, you're still going to be okay for a playoff spot there. So, yeah, I... I, I do wonder if they have enough. Florida, you know, with the Stanley Cup hangover and the fact that a bunch of their impact guys are dealing with, like, eight different surgeries, like, if they get off to a really slow start, can they come back from that? I might say Buffalo gets into the playoffs, but that might be more of a heart pick than a head one. Every, because year, I just- every year, one of these teams does a nosedive. Um, I mean, I think we assume the Leafs will be there. Hard to imagine Tampa not being there. The Canes will be there. The Devils had such a great scene. Like, I didn't even think that they were a playoff team last year, and they, you know, ended up with 112 points. Um, you know, the Rangers, Port Gerard go on 107 points. Bye-bye. See ya. He's out. <laughs> um, and then the Islanders are inevitably going to be game 78 of the season. The Islanders need to win this game to make the playoffs. Like, they will be in that mix. But just wrapping up this convo about those three teams, I rank them the same way as you. Uh, I'm not as high on Detroit. I, listen, they got the job done and, and got the, the Debrinkat deal done. Wasn't really that impressed with a lot of the other moves that they've made considering what they had to pay to, to get those players. I don't want to say it was a desperate Steve Eiserman, but I don't know. It seems like they wanted to speed up the Yeiser plan a little bit more and I'm not sure they did that. And I give Ottawa a lot of credit. I mean, they got forced into that trade with the Brinkat. They did the best that they could with the one team that he'd be you know, willing to sign a deal with, and they got what they got for him. But getting Tarasenko on a one-year deal to come in and replace that, I think, you know, you know, with the year that he had last year to Brinkat, I mean, we're not talking about a huge difference. Not like he put up 45 yeah. for them yeah. last season. So I do think, and obviously Corpy's a huge question mark, but I mean, he has been good in the past and I may be a little higher on him than you, but Buffalo. Buffalo has great young players. I mean, that power Darlene, you know, one-two punch on the blue line is going to be the foundation for that team going forward. But it does come back to goaltending and to tie this back to the Winnipeg Jets. Like if Buffalo has a tough first 20 games of the season, and Devin Levi, which is entirely you know, possible. I mean, a very young goaltender that doesn't have a great start. I, With the amount of talent they have that won't be playing on their team right now, Savoy, Zach Benson that just got picked, I have to think, and maybe this is how, when you know, if Connor Hellebuck does get traded, if there's no extension and he's on an expiring deal, maybe that is how it happens. They decide that, you know what? We're willing to move off of some of our future right now because we've got a pretty good damn team as it is. Because I think making the playoffs would mean more to Buffalo as a franchise than maybe anybody else in the league, considering how long they've sucked, how much potential that they do have. And if it's one player that's preventing them from getting it done, I mean, if I'm Kevin Adams, I think long and hard about making an aggressive move for a player like Connor Hellebuck, even without a contract. And I'll tell you what, if Helly goes in there, they have a good season, and he sees the potential going forward, yeah. I don't think he's a guy like, oh, I need to be in. Like, he's not PLD. I, I, 
you know, well, we won't, we won't get into that. We spent enough time, but you know what I'm saying? I legitimately think that he does want to go somewhere that he thinks he'll be paid what he deserves. And he's got a legitimate chance to win a Stanley cup. And I think you can make an argument within three, four years, maybe even earlier, Buffalo is a team, especially with those guys on ELCs over the next couple that are coming in the pipe. Buffalo is a really intriguing team when it comes to that fit. Well, even, I mean, Paige Thompson at seven mil, like they've a bunch of the guys that they've got that are off of ELCs are signed to some sweetheart deals too. So they're, they're set up in a big way. And I mean, (laughs) (laughs) Paige Thompson himself is just like the greatest story of all time. I I just, yeah, every, I I just, I, I would love to see, Buffalo get back in. I think I think they're everybody's second favorite team in the NHL, um, and their fan base. Caught. I mean, outside they of the Detroit it. Lions, outside of the Lions, man. Like I don't know if there's a pro sports team that could use a playoff berth more than the Buffalo Sabers right now. So I, it's it's a very valid point. I mean, Buffalo is is certainly in that mold. And I think there's a, a handful of other teams that, whether it be injury or underperforming, that would jump into the Hellebuck sweepstakes pretty damn quickly. Um, if I had to pick one, yeah, Buffalo would be number one by a country mile because you get it—you get one of the former Winnipeg Ice players in a package for Connor Hellebuck. I think you're feeling pretty good about not winning the trade, but at least coming away with some pretty damn good value. If it was Zach Benson, I might faint, but Maddie Savoie would be a pretty damn good consolation prize in a Hellebuck trade. Yeah, I mean, you get uh, Uka, Pekka, Lukonen, uh, you know, and, you know, one of those players for uh, for Heli. Um, and again, I would rather keep Hellebuck. I think everybody knows that. He, you know, you don't often get better by trading your best player, at least in the short term. But, I mean, you got to read the room. And if, the, if he's, they're saying that, you know, this is going to be it for him, I mean, as much as I'd love to see him play it out and be in the playoffs and see what the Winnipeg Jets can do. Big picture for this team. That is the sort of opportunity that could, you know, make a huge difference in the years to come. Uh, Oh, give us more stuff to talk in August before things get going. Just last one. Do you expect anything to happen in August? Or I mean, are we going to be, let's fast forward a month and we're in the first week of September. Most of the situations in the NHL going to be quite the same or might because there is still a lot of things that, you know, cap-wise and what needs to happen. Might we have a more busy August than we normally do? Because usually it's dead. No, it'll be dead. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a rough month. Yeah, I've, I've, I've already started planning talking points for August. It, it, I, have, I have no hope anything awesome is going to happen. So, um, yeah, I hate, hate to, to, to rain on the parade there. I'm just... I don't think anything's going to be close to done come till, till training camp. And I mean, and we'll do the whole defensive log jam dance. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think until honestly, until maybe the first or second week of preseason, it's just going to be all systems go here. Teams are going to say the cap is an excuse that we can't make any moves. And um, we'll get very limited movement across the NHL and everybody will be depressed that we didn't have a little more fireworks this off season. Yeah, good luck firing up some topics for skates and plates over the next couple of weeks. The Mount yeah. Rushmore of Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, <laughs> you've got it all. Hey, man, have a great long weekend. Uh, I'm sure you got lots on your plate. <laughs> get some sleep. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on to cup number three. How about then set of sleep? We'll, we'll find a way to make it work, man. Brandon, thanks for doing this, buddy. Yeah, have a good one. Have a great long weekend, everybody. You too. There's Brandon Rewicki. Check out Skates and Plates for more on the Winnipeg Jets wherever you get 
your favorite podcasts. All right. Um, hey, we all know what's up tonight. And I'm not talking about the Hall of Fame game in Canton between the Browns and the Jets. I'm talking about Bombers-Lions. 7.30 kickoff, IG Field. The Bombers have just announced they're over 30,000 for the game tonight. So another great crowd. Well done, Winnipeg fans. Get there early. 5.30, Princess Auto Tailgate. You know what's going down. 350 hot dogs and pop. $5 beers. DJ Finesse spinning. Great place to get a few in yet, so you're ready to be as loud as possible for the home team when the thing when the game kicks off at 7:30. Princess Auto, of course, proud sponsors of WST and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list, or start something new at Princess Auto. Shop online 24/7, 365 princessauto.com. Check them out with two Winnipeg locations. When you're working on the weekend, maybe on your on your lot, uh, cottage, uh, your house, you might be thinking about a few projects that you have been hoping to do. Tell you what, our friends at Consolidated Supply can probably help you with that. If you have irrigation needs for your property, they are the leaders in irrigation systems. They've worked with the golf industry for years in Manitoba. Speaking of golf... You want that dream putting green in the backyard? They can do that as well. Joe will hook you up with some artificial turf and get it installed. They're the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. So they've got golf carts, both new and used, as well as you know vehicles that, I'll be honest, don't really look like golf carts, but are made by club car that can help you industrially or for your business as well. You got to get down to check it out at their showroom on 1395 Niagara Road East. But they've also got great, options for your property that are long weekend approved hot tubs outdoor kitchens and more pop by and see them for yourself consolidated supply 1395 niagara road east or find out more online at cte.ca and by the way you got some small engine parts or repair needs they got you covered there as well on your way to the game folks if you need to get your blues on hit up royal sports the official undefeated undisputed sports superstore Incredible selection of bomber gear, including many exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. Not to mention Jets, soccer from around the world, Blue Jays, baseball, and tons of new NFL merch coming in just in time for the start of the season. And as I mentioned, the wait is over. The preseason begins tonight with the Hall of Fame game in the National Football League. Um, But it's much more than just merch, soccer, baseball, softball, tennis equipment, tons of disc golf, and a huge selection of bikes. They've got it all. Pop by and see them. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And follow them on Instagram for the latest merchandise drops and sale information at Royal Sports Pemina. And, uh, hey, folks, if you're not able to make the game tonight, uh, but you do want to get together with the gang to uh, watch it on the big screen with big sound. There's nowhere better to do that in Winnipeg, regardless of what neighbor you're at, neighborhood you're at, than your local Boston pizza. Of course, they'll be cranking the sound. The bomber game will be on the screens, and you'll be able to enjoy some ice-cold schooners, some world-famous BP wings and gourmet pizzas, and, of course, the latest from the BP feature menu. And, hey, if you're staying home with the family to watch the game, order online and get the great taste of Boston pizza at bostonpizza.com. All right. He's calling the game tonight. 
We banged out our CFL lock shop earlier today. Check that out wherever you get your podcast. Search the lock shop and you can find it over at the Lock Shop Bets YouTube channel. Uh, but there's lots to talk to our next guest about tonight's game. That interesting front office move in Edmonton. And oh, we got some friends cranking up Edmonton sports talk. Let's welcome in the man who will call the game tonight on TSN, my guy Dustin Nielsen. Hello, my friend. Welcome hey, back buddy. to the peg. What's going hey, on? How you doing, man? Beautiful day in Winnipeg for a big game, you know? It was hilarious. I had a meeting and did a couple of things downtown, and I was just driving um, from the rink down past uh, the Delta and the convention center, and I did a quick look over at my phone, and you were doing a walk and talk, and I'm like, good God, he's probably right there right now. <laughs> You know, we, we never see each other in person that very often, but yeah. um, we should have been crossing paths a lot. And uh, Hey, we're going to get to some real exciting stuff that you're doing that hopefully will be more path crossing coming up. But let's get to this football game right now. I kind of said it on the uh, on the little stand-up. Um, this is a big one. I mean, when you look at the Canadian Football League, where we're at right now, approaching the midway point of the season, uh, I think there's a very good argument that when we look back at the end of the season, this could be one of the most important games of the entire year. Yeah, you make a good point. One of the most important games of the year. I hope it lives up to the hype. I hope we get one of the best games of the year as well. I think both teams' defenses will have something to say about that, but this is a massive game. I mean, especially considering what happened in week three when the Lions were out here and, and nobody was ex- – like we knew the Lions were good, but nobody was expecting – what happened in that football game, which ties in very nicely to this one, right? Because you've got the Bombers coming off a bye, looking to send a message that, hey, wait a second, you're not going to come in here and walk all over us again. And BC's a really good football team. Both teams relatively healthy as well. So uh, it's it's going to be a good one, man. I can't wait to see what happens tonight. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? I'm trying to remember week three. I've, I've tried to block quite a bit of it out of my <laughs> memory. Um, but honestly, all jokes aside... It was such a shock leaving the building just yeah. because of how good the Bombers have been for so long. I mean, they had not lost to a Western team at home since 2018, which is crazy in itself. Um, Kyrie Wilson's back, um, which is going to be uh, interesting to see how he plays in his first game out. Um, but from a Bomber defensive side of things, the return of Jackson Jeffcoat to me is huge. And I know you looked at a lot of tape. and yeah. you know, Willie Jefferson's a different guy when Jackson Jeffcoat is in the lineup. The entire Bomber defense is. And listen, they gave up 30 points. I think a lot of that was on the inefficiency of the offense, to be perfectly honest. But um, because of how good this BC defense is, I think this is a huge challenge for Winnipeg. Even with Dane Evans in, he's had some success, particularly last year in that game with Hamilton against the same Bomber D. Yeah, exactly. And now he had it was it was probably a good spot for him to be in last week just to sort of ease himself into a first start against Edmonton. I mean, that usually helps a lot of quarterbacks sort of find their groove. But it's like a preseason game. Yeah, this will be this will be a different monster against against the Bombers defense is getting a couple of pieces back and having some players that weren't there in that first week. Willie Jefferson is what Willie Jefferson's just having a ridiculous season at this stage of his career. Like you just sit there and go, I wonder at what point some of these bombers might start to fall off. And I know it's been a discussion around the offensive line, but on the defensive side of the ball, Big Hill leads the team in tackles and Willie Jefferson's having one of the best seasons of his career at this stage of his career. So it's pretty impressive, but you know, you did mention, you know, I, so it should be more difficult for BC. I don't see them hanging 30 
on the Bombers in this game. But I'll be interested to see what happens on the other side of the ball because they only scored six points last time they played the BC Lions. And that BC Lions defense is still what it was that week. So this might be a kind of a grinded out 21-17 type of ball game because I've done the last couple BC games. I've done a lot of BC games this year. And the one thing that really stood out to me a couple of weeks ago against the Riders is they, they just don't miss tackles. Like there's no yak yards against the BC Lions defense. They just get guys wrapped up immediately. So that'll be something to follow along for sure tonight. Well, and you mentioned, I mean, the uh, other matchup between the Bombero and the BC defense, and the BC yeah. defense has been absolutely lights out. And people can laugh at, oh, great, you shut out the Elks twice. But they came into Winnipeg and held this team to six points, which was the statement game of the entire season, I think, in the league. Kenny Lawler's back which is a huge, huge, yeah. you know, add when it comes to, you know, the receiving core. But you nailed it. I mean, to me, what I'm going to be looking at from the very first play is how the Winnipeg offensive line responds to what BC is bringing because no one's had an answer, including this Bomber offensive line. And to me, this challenge and that matchup probably is going to dictate how things go for Zach Caleros who, if you recall back to week three, spent half the game on his ass. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that defense is just ridiculous. Betts is having a phenomenal year. I was going through some of my prep last night. This guy's got three sacks, and this guy's got three sacks, and then Betts obviously has 10 already as well. But, uh, you know, you look at with BC's defense, uh, it'll be interesting to see, because outside of that game against Toronto when VA threw all those interceptions and some of them were taken back and then great field position for Toronto – Outside of that, like teams don't score on this defense. They've allowed five touchdowns all season. This defense is like that Bombers defense from a couple of years ago. Remember, Huss? It was like they never allowed points in the fourth quarter. It was absolutely insane what they were doing, record-setting pace and all that. That's what the BC Lions defense is doing this year. They're on a record-setting pace for touchdowns allowed. Um, and, I mean, it was Edmonton last week, but Edmonton barely even got on their side of the field. It'll be a different thing against Lawler, who was great in his return last week. I thought or a couple weeks ago, you know, I thought he I, maybe there was a little bit of rust, I would have thought, coming in, but he looked absolutely phenomenal. So it'll be interesting to see what happens offensively. The one thing as I was diving into prep for this, the deep ball to Don, Dalton Schoen has not been connecting. I don't know if that's been a thing for you guys and you've discussed it, but when they try to go down the field and they go down the field to him a ton, they've not been connecting at near the rate they were last year. So I don't know what that is. I think if I had to guess, it would be that Kolaris is being pressured more this year than he was last year, which is affecting his timing on some of these deep balls. But uh, if you got shown in fantasy, which I do, maybe a big one tonight. Well, you know what? It's funny you bring that up because Farhan talked about it yesterday on the program. And, and Farhan made a really, really astute point. And, and part of what the goal of the British Columbia Lions defense is tonight. Um, listen, they might not manhandle the bomb row line the way they did before in, in the game number one of the season between these two clubs. But they want to keep Zach in the pocket. And if you look back to, I, I think Schoen averaged 20 yards a, a catch last season for the year. I mean, it was it was incredible. So many of the big ones happened when Zach was buying time and getting out of the pocket. Getting out to his right. Yeah. Right, like on the Nobody run, yeah. does it better. And they had some sort of a connection when the minute there was a little bit more time, 
Shom was going to a spot. Caleros knew where it was going, and he was getting it, and he was gone. And now, I, I mean, whether they game plan to try to get Zach to roll out and give him more, uh, you know, more opportunities like that, I'm not sure. But it is pretty clear. I mean, you know, Farhan kind of really having the pulse of the BC team. They are looking to, if anything, keep Zach between the tackles. And even if he's got a second or two, they feel pretty confident they'll be able to do that. I, I'll be interested to see what the addition of Kenny Lawler does because yeah, I, I really do think that compounds the challenge for everybody in the BC secondary. And, you know, listen, you could maybe focus on showing a little bit more when Kenny's not there. But listen, the Bombers are still coming to the table with Dick Dembski and Wolotarski and Rashid Bailey, Sean Lawler, never mind Brady Oliveira in a running game that certainly can help win football games, especially in the second half. And uh, But, I mean, to me, we can talk about all those guys. I, this is the offensive line of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and how they can hold up against Matthew Betts and the BC Lions D-line that has been historically good so far this season. Yeah, Betts is a terror. Like, there were a few plays over the last couple of weeks where – he didn't get the sack, but he was hunting these guys down at full speed. Like he's 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 the one that got away from the Edmonton Elks. I'll tell you that, but they probably should have. Did they just well, cut him? I, well, I know he signed with BC. If I recall correctly, they kind of were just like, "Ah, oh, it's not going to work out," and and both parties were kind of okay to move on. So, kind of backfired on Edmonton because Betts looks like a terror on the on the outside of that defensive line. But you know, it's. But the two, it's weird because you got by far, and not no disrespect to anybody else, but I think if you were to rank the wide receiver groups in the Canadian Football League right now, Winnipeg and BC are one, two, whatever order you want to put them in. Rhymes is going to be back for BC, so that's going to be huge as well. But I still think both defenses are good enough to cause some issues. And you mentioned Schoen and Lawler. I mean, but for 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 BC, you know, how are you going to guard Kenny Lawler? Well, you're going to have Gary Peters on him. Gary Peters has been an All Star. Uh, TJ Lee's been an all-star. Uh, Marcus Sales, you guys know about him. He's been an all-star. So they've got a good veteran group. And even their younger guy on the other side, Jalen Edwards-Cooper, he's got a touchdown this year. He's been he's been pretty good as they've allowed him time to develop. So great receiver core versus great secondary. I wonder if this game comes down to if Winnipeg can get Brady Oliveira going on the ground. Because the games that I've done for the Bombers, they've kind of used him in the fourth quarter to seal games away. And obviously, but can they do that kind of in the first half to control this football game against BC and maybe wear down that defense a little bit, keep them on the field. You know, uh, listen, I know you've been doing Elks games for the last couple of weeks and there hasn't been a lot of drama <laughs> in those ones, but we are due for a good Dustin Nielsen. What is happening game? Oh, and uh, I don't one. know if we could have two better teams to uh, show up tonight. Uh, you know, the crowd's going to be ready to go for this one. Uh, the Winnipeg fans all remember week three, and they're going to be behind it. And uh, I, I bumped into a guy today. I went over to uh, City Players that Tim Hortons upstairs over here. And so I went over to grab some breakfast, and I was waiting for my sausage farmer's wrap. Delicious. <laughs> and uh, and some guy just like, he goes, hey, Dusty, week three revenge. And I was just like, yeah, that's happening. And I was in the elevator today, and there's this kid who's from Edmonton. Uh, I guess I met him last year. I can't remember where. At the airport. I took a picture with him at the airport. But he's got a full bomber sweatsuit on. Like, from a comfort level, I was jealous of this kid. Like, a hoodie and the matching sweats. I took a picture with him. But, I mean, you get it. Here in Winnipeg, with how good the Bombers are, there's a buzz on game day, man. I can't wait to get down to IG Field.
Hey, is uh, Dusty Jr., uh, the Martianator, going to be rocking the uh, the Blue 8 tonight watching his he, old band have, do the game? I know for other CFL fans, it's not great, but when you're 6 and 7 and the Bombers win two Grey Cups, you become a Bombers fan. So Marsha will have his Kolaris jersey on tonight. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. And again, it just shows that he's a very wise young man. And, uh, <laughs> his sister's a huge Elks fan still. And uh, she's just like, I'm not giving up. I think they're going to win one. I was just like, good girl. I love it. Love it. Got to love the faith of the Muzz. And as we spoke yesterday on the lock shop, this is the Canadian Football League. I mean, Calgary's got two wins. The Riders aren't any good. They're three and four. Right now, folks, if you were like the Muzz, 25 to one. (laughs) <laughs> for the Elks to make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There, this is the gang right there. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, it. I the Muds already put $10 on the Elks to make the playoffs. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, uh, listen, I want to talk about kind of what you guys have uh, cooking up in Edmonton, but uh, there was some interesting hockey news today. Yeah, there was. Jeff Jackson, um, the new head honcho of hockey ops. Fill people in on who Jeff Jackson is because he's certainly not a household name, at least outside of Edmonton, probably. And where does this need to leave, uh, um, leave Ken Hollett? Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, Jeff Jackson is the longtime agent of Connor McDavid. So you don't say. No, I, I mean, to me, the Oilers today secured the future of Connor McDavid because why in the world would he leave when the guy who managed him for the first decade of his career got the biggest job in the organization? This is this is not, hey, do you want to be an advisor? This is you're the CEO of Hockey Ops. He's technically, if, as far as the scale goes, he's above the president of Hockey Ops, who is Ken Holland. So we were talking about it on the oil stream yesterday. Tommy Gazzola said like the original plan that many people thought was going to be, you know, Ken Holland would eventually give way to Steve Stales as GM. And, you know, maybe he would take over and Tommy had heard some stuff that that plan wasn't going to be what ended up happening. And then today, actually they announced Jackson. Um, so I look by all accounts, anybody who, who knows him, they speak very highly of him and his hockey acumen. It just, it's wild that it's Connor McDavid's agent that takes over as, president uh, uh or ceo i should say of oilers hockey ops it's i mean you don't have to be a genius to read too far into this one uh if it works and if it does come to fruition good on them um when you've got the best player in the world you do everything that you can to make sure that that continues yeah. and um I, listen i don't know enough about him as far as like the other moves i mean uh Maybe, maybe this is maybe McDavid is just going to become the LeBron player slash GM, and basically being able to call the shots himself. You know, if it landed in four titles, I don't think anybody would complain. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But look, you know, it's it's actually a good point. Like the NBA is a star-driven power league. That's just how it works. We talk about LeBron, but let's be honest: it's Kawhi, it's Steph, it's KD, it's all these guys. This is maybe the first time that we've kind of seen that recently in the National Hockey League where a superstar player basically probably went to Daryl Cates and said, hey, uh, I think my agent would be pretty good CEO of hockey operations and probably help your odds of me sticking around. Okay, done. Like, it's good to see, to me, it's good to see that the NHL has superstars operating on the level of some of these other big leagues. Like, you would know it. Patrick Mahomes. 
probably call some shots in KC. <laughs> and this is what Connor McDavid can do in Edmonton. Connor, here are the keys. Here are the yeah. keys to the arena. <laughs> there you go. You can do with it what you will. Who you want in this office, who you want here, just put your name on this contract and stay as an Edmonton Oiler. What, uh, I mean, I know you've been in Winnipeg, but I know you've kind of been paying attention, hearing from a lot of the nasties and your listeners yeah. and viewers. Uh, how's this being received in Edmonton? Are people excited about this just because it gives them more confidence that 97 will be there for long term? Well, I think, I think the one thing that has some people fired up, I saw Low Tide tweet out, and he's got a cult following an Edmonton Old Tide, and uh, he tweeted out that this could be a good analytical hire. And as you know, Edmonton's a very analytical community, so I think people will, will like that. I mean, I, I've had some tweets, yeah, it's Connor McDavid's getting his friend's job in the organization and all those things, but uh, you know, it's, it's somewhat of a breath of fresh air, you know, from somebody who would be familiar with the organization for sure, considering his client basically runs it. Um, but still, it's not a guy who played for the team in the 80s, so um, for some people, that'll make them happy. Dustin Nielsen is with us. He'll have the call tonight, Bombers and Lions on TSN. We cannot have you on this program to talk about some exciting developments in the world of sports media. Um, we went through this about two and a half <laughs> years ago um, and uh, started Winnipeg Sports Talk, and uh, listen, I and I think a lot of our viewers are that basically became nasties of the moment, the data munchers. No, 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 no. You guys, uh, we're going to have some friends in, in the biz. Edmonton Sports Talk, getting going. Fill people in on uh, what you and the rest of the fellas have cooking coming up starting next month. Yeah, I mean, obviously, since what happened to you guys and you started Winnipeg Sports Talk, I've kind of been thinking at some point they're probably going to kill our station too. So we've kind of had some stuff in the hopper for a little while sort of planning for this and you know with the oil stream and two guys and the goalie and the you know, lock shop and all these pods that I already do it just kind of made sense that the nielsen show would become the central hub of edmonton sports talks so you can check it out at edmontonsportstalk.com and uh, you know we'll have the nielsen show and then we'll have the other podcasts that i do and then hopefully in the month of august here we've already brokered a few shows that will come in and our team will help produce them and we'll get them out on our platform. And then we're hoping to announce a couple more shows uh, through the month of August as well. And, and possibly by the time we launch September 6th, have a full full morning from like six until one in the afternoon of just live content in Edmonton. So it's a market that needs it. You know what you provided for this market here in Winnipeg. So uh, I think it's, it, look, the support has been very much overwhelming, both from, a sponsor's perspective and, and just from a, you know, a listener's perspective. And now I guess a viewer's perspective. And uh, you know, we have, we still have a month to continue to hype this thing up. So by the time we launch, we think it'll be pretty good. I, I just hope you have time to focus on launching the station when the hot take mitt disappeared at the nasty batch, <laughs> you know? So our hot scalding hot takes, mitt, we, uh, we, 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 so we rented an office and we took a bunch of stuff from the party into the office and I'm digging through the box on the party, the tickle trunk, actually. And I'm like, man, I said, where's the hot takes mitt? And myself and Eric and Matt, who are all part of our team, um, none of us knew where it was. So I texted my brother-in-law, who's at the party, and he kind of packed everything into that box. I said, hey, did you see the hot takes mitt? And he goes, well, I think the sailor, who's a data muncher, num, 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 out of uh, uh, Hamilton, he flew out for the party. And because the hot takes mitt has cats on it, I guess he took it. Flew back to Hamilton, wants to take it to a Thai Cats game. There it is. That's me having a soak with it. And then he's going to mail it back. So we're hoping, we're hoping that the hot takes mitt is in Hamilton right now and will be sent back to us before the show launches. 
Well, uh, listen, it is very exciting. And uh, you know what? Obviously, we work together, and uh, most people are very familiar with the lock shop. We're going to work on the, to kind of increasing that. And I would have a, I have a strong suspicion there's a lot more that we can do together now, both being in this place. Maybe just a daily first take style debate over what's better, fat boys or donairs. I'm sure there's uh, <laughs> all sorts of content ready hey, to go. I'll die on that hill. So, yes, that'd be fun. <laughs> well, listen, as I say, the uh, embrace debate, Dusty. Embrace debate. Um, listen, folks, uh, EdmontonSportsTalk.com is the website. Um, check out Dusty's um, feed on, on X uh, for <laughs> exact throw them up. Um, for all the links uh, as far as where you want to subscribe, uh, both on the YouTube channel um, as well as uh, the audio pods, if you want to get that stuff. And uh, congratulations. Um, I remember what it was like when we first kind of announced what we were doing and the amount of work that it went into before we actually <laughs> did the show. Uh, you got a great team there with Awanek and obviously LTE and Gazola and the boys and um, very much looking forward to September and uh Bigger and better things for all of us in this space. But uh, first things first, enjoy this game tonight. Have a great call. And uh, fingers crossed from my perspective that when these two teams meet in Vancouver later on towards the end of the season, that it will in many cases be to play for the right to host the West final. But Bombers got to get it done tonight if they want to be in that situation, I think. Can't wait, buddy. Thanks for having me. Great stuff. There's Dustin Nielsen kickoff tonight, 730 IG Field and on TSN. All right. Um, hey, folks, long weekend is here. And uh, may I suggest you make sure that you are stocked up with Winnipeg's finest local brew, Little Brown Jug. Maybe a few 1919s, maybe a few generic lagers. Maybe you head down to the tap room before you get on with your activities and pick up a few others. Heck, try a few. Uh, and if you're sticking around the city for the long weekend, uh, you could do a lot worse than hanging out and having a few bevies down at the Little Brown Jug patio on William Avenue. Um, no better time than the August long weekend to enjoy some delicious Little Brown Jug. You can pick it up on William Avenue at the Brewery and Tap Room or anywhere that sells great beer. Um, we're keeping an eye on the Wyndham Championship throughout the weekend as well as the Manitoba Golf Senior Championship this weekend. Of course, when we talk golf on the program, we do it for our friends at Breezy Bend. Members loving the new 7th and 15th greens that were open just in the past couple of weeks. If you are looking for a great long-term home for you and your family at Winnipeg, one of Winnipeg's top private courses, find out more about Breezy Bend and get on the waiting list for 2024. You can find out more at breezybend.ca or Give our pal Corey Johnson a call over at the brewery and tap room. Uh, the brewery and tap room, excuse me, over at Breezy Band <laughs> at the clubhouse. Although they do have some little brown jugs over there as well. Um, also, should mention the Gold Eyes are away, continuing their series against the first place Kansas City Monarchs. But the Fish are back next week. A big slate of games with some great promos as well. We had such a great time a couple of weeks ago out at the ballpark. There's still many more games, including the Bark at the Park coming up on the 12th. Get to GoldEyes.com, find out when you're going to go, and get your tickets now for Gold Eyes Baseball. And when I'm away, 
I'll be coming back next week, hopefully with some monster pictures of fish from Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Been waiting all year to get back there. And now is the time. Um, World-class fly-in fishing where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. And as great as the fishing is, the only thing better is the incredible hospitality of Pitt, Julie, the Terrens, and the entire Aikens Lake team. An incredible corporate event or outing, and even better just for friends and family. Find out more about booking into 2024 right now at AikensLake.com. And make sure to tune in on Tuesday when I return with hopefully some incredible stories and evidence of a couple monsters being pulled out of the water. AikensLake.com again. You can find them on Twitter at AikensLake. All right, Remo. Let's get to the cool bet lines today because we have a lot. Shout out to Phyllis. Just saw an X reply from Phyllis, from Phyllis that she is riding with me at cool bet on our special Peg City exclusive. There it is, the Winnipeg Sports Talk Parlay. The Bombers to win and the Sea Bears to win. We're going to get to some big news on the Sea Bears in a minute. Plus 185. As I said, for this game tonight, I like the Bombers, but I do not like the six-point spread. I think this is going to be a hell of a football game, and I think it's going to be close. But I do think defense is going to rule the day. So I'm going to be taking the under 44.5. But for our parlay, all we need is the Bombers to win tonight and the Sea Bears to win tomorrow night in front of a record crowd. Get in on it before kickoff tonight for the Bomber game. As I mentioned, new lock shop today with Dusty who was just on the program. Check that out. Um, we hit all the CFL games. Bombers minus six. Tomorrow, the Argos are eight and a half point favorites in Calgary. The Montreal Alouettes, two and a half point favorites in Hamilton. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are a very slight home dog, plus one, and even money on the money line to win the game. Uh, our lock shop partner parlay is up. Taking the home dog and the points with Calgary plus eight and a half against the Argos. Montreal minus two and a half and Saskatchewan to win. That's up right now. Plus 670 also in the exclusives. And Remus says, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Let's get down. We got to talk about it. Kabilis, I know there's a few fans of the art of professional wrestling. And I always get excited on one of the two or three weekends a year when we can actually bet on the WWE, and this is one of those weekends. SummerSlam goes Saturday night. Now listen, Cody Rhodes, a minus 1667 uh, favorite, definitely not touching that. Even Gunter at 588 or Logan Paul at 400 is big. Roman Reigns, a massive favorite. Shayna Baszler. But it's very rare that you get a straight-up pick em when it comes to betting in the WWE. <laughs> And that's what we've got. Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. Listen, Seth's such a big star. He was a great first champion for this new title they've got. But, I mean, the Judgment Day faction has all the momentum. I touched on this on the lock shop, but you got Rhea Ripley, the women's champ. You got Dominic Mysterio, who just picked up an NXT belt. Damian Priest is Mr. Money in the Bank. Finn Balor is the only one that is not dripped in gold, and I think he will be after SummerSlam. I'm on Finn Balor at minus 118 to win 
the World Heavyweight Championship over Seth Rollins. Um, as I say, all those odds are subject to change, but if you want to get in on it now, it is a pick 'em, and I'm not sure I can ever remember a pick 'em in the WWE ream. Okay, Brock Lesnar is plus 600. He's massive. How could anyone ever beat him, Huss? You know what? Cody's a big star. Cody beat him the first time. Brock beat him last time. And this is sort of, I think, the, the finale. Cody's going to be a big star for a long time going forward. Brock's, I think, sort of winding it down. The loss doesn't really hurt Brock. It'd be big for Cody, who they think will maybe once again go for the belt at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. So that is why. Brock Lesnar is such a big underdog, and Cody's such a big favorite. But Brock, he's enormous. How could anyone do any moves to him? He was UFC it's a great champion. Question. It is a great question. That just goes to show what a what an athlete that that Cody Rhodes is. The American <laughs> so nightmare. Mu- so much bigger, isn't there? Weight limits in this SummerSlam? What's going on here? How are they? How could anyone ever beat Brock Lesnar? T. Will L.A. Knight or bust? They don't have odds yet. You might want to check later on because I guess there is a. Uh, there is some sort of a battle royal, and I think he's in that. Oh, and T. Kona Pauly, Maxime Dupree. Oh, big fan. Big <laughs> fan right here. And, of course, with the funniest guys, Otis and Chad Gable, the Alpha Academy. Listen, I could talk about this for a long time. It probably is driving some people nuts. No, people have been I asking say, us. Sum- SummerSlam is up right now, right in my wheelhouse. So um, get on it if you haven't uh, before. And, hey, if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST. Hook you up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to 200 bucks. Um, Remo, y'all set for a big show tomorrow, running it, uh, running it solo? Massive show tomorrow, Huss. Uh, who Ed Tate's going to come on, start off the show. We'll kick Recap last night's, or sorry, tonight's Bomber game. That'll be fun. Ken Weeb coming on. And how about this? Uh, I'll have a conversation with CEBL Commissioner Mike Morreale. Us, uh, we're going to talk about success of the Sea Bears this season, the CEBL playoffs, you know, the league's fifth year anniversary. And I don't know if you saw the announcement today. I did. But uh, they had a big press conference at Center Court at uh, what the igloo? What are we calling? What are we calling the sea bears home <laughs> arena? The ice, de- the ice cave, um, the polar den, the polar den that the government is going to kick in one million dollars uh, for the sea bears bid to host the CEBL championship in 2025. We can talk about that as well. That's exciting. But also uh, Andrew Collier on the Gold Eyes. Big week. Next week, coming a long weekend for them, which you said includes Bark at the Park. Bark, Bark, next uh, Saturday. Hacksaw on the, what, NFL training camp. Strevler uh, might get some action tonight in that Hall of Fame game you mentioned. And we'll also talk about MLB trade deadline. And also Kurt Contois on the Derby, which is on, what, Monday is the Manitoba Derby, which you and I got to get our picks in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um we certainly will do that. Um, and you know what? Maybe we'll do a tweet. We'll, for those of you that have been following the picks, and they have been great this week, um, we will fire out derby picks tomorrow on, um, what should I, should I say, on Monday um, and make that uh, Yeah, make Monday. That we'll, Monday we'll put them. i got to take some time to research how many uh, furlong uh, you know, everyone has raced at. I know I see Rob Noakes in chat. He's always good for some horse racing 
Intel. He's talking about heroic move. Says it's a monster horse. You know, I uh, oh okay. Is it? Yeah, Noakes. Oh, Noakes. He knows yeah, the tips. Rob Noakes is definitely our insider when it comes to yes. uh, when it comes to it all. And he just announced the uh, the track, um, the uh, the field for the event that goes on Monday out at Assiniboia Downs. If you haven't been out to the track all year, that's the day to do it. It'll be a huge crowd and a hell of a way to finish off the uh, the long weekend. That show's shaping up. I think that may be a record for number of guests in one show ring. It might be. Um, that's just how it's... Is that it's... six? Well, it's, I'm going solo, so yeah, we got Ed. No, no, I know. Listen, it's a great idea. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, listen, Ed, it's... Ed, Ken, we'll talk... Yeah. All uh, Rasmus Kupari signing, and we didn't talk about 55 enough today, so we'll probably have to get that. I everyone's, barely mentioned Mark Shifley's name this week. I hope you all appreciate everyone's that for been everyone asking, getting nuts. Everyone's been asking for more 55 talk this week. I Haven't, know there's an element to playing the hits, but it, you know what? It's at a time we had to change it up. Everything has been said. <laughs> We're going to wait to see what happens. And listen, for someone that has been daily, I've got opinions. This is an opinion show. But listen, there is a reality that he's coming back. And if that is the case, I, of course, hope that it goes as well as possible for the organization and what's good for Mark this season. If he's on the Winnipeg Jets, is good for the Jets. So there's, yeah, my, so there's my weekly update on, so uh, on 55. Ed, Ken, Mike Morial. Hacksaw. Hacksaw, Collier, Kurt. I think that is six. That's a lot of Half guests. Half a dozen. It is a, you know what? It's going to be a hell of a show tomorrow. Kay. Marble and race, be good because and, and, and the marble race and the solo. What should I do? I thought about doing this because I wasn't sure if we. I needed to fill time, and it is Friday. I was gonna do a live puck doku. I was gonna save it and see how and do it live on the show as quickly as I can. I just nailed today's with a forty rarity. That's right. Really? Although that I one kind of seen this one today yet. Ooh, forty rarity. Yeah, this. I, like I mean, it. this one was kind of, kind of. You could score low. Some of them, like Still. you can't really score that low. It's like when they throw in Vegas or Seattle, it's dumb. Yeah. Or they they throw in one where it's like uh, you know forty goal score of a team and that that really didn't have that many. So I had a. I got a great one. Uh, the when was the one? It was Montreal and Toronto were in it like a day or two ago. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think it might have been yesterday. Old heads will appreciate this one. I got a 0 0.3 for Bunny LaRock. Who? The old goalie. See, you're not old enough to remember him. As a kid, I remember he had a cool goalie mask, and it just said Bunny. I can't remember if there was Bunny here. Or no, maybe it was like below yeah. his mouth, like on the side. Bunny. And a cool nickname, too. The problem was I almost got it wrong because I didn't know what his real name was. And there's a bunch of LaRocks that have played in the league, and I had to figure it out by the... Like it says how, what years the guys played yeah, in. Yeah, it, it gets and you that messed was up. The one. So I actually learned that Bunny LaRock's real name was Michelle. Um, but yes, I will check the puck doku. I have a feeling that with what you have lined up already for tomorrow, mm -hmm. you probably will not need I'm gonna the need live to. puck doku. But, uh, I'm going to need hey. to do the live puck doku. I've teased it. Mary Jane was right. Remus is going rogue tomorrow. I'm um, going, but I'm make sure do, to pop in. Yeah. Everyone Big. be there, support him, and be nice in the chat because he's, usually he's there to, like, flex muscle, throw people over the top rope, maintain it all, but 
there's going to be a lot of interviewing. There's going to be a lot of talking. So uh, WS tears stand together and um, help out Remus in the chat when uh, he's banging out six amazing guests tomorrow on the program and a marble race. I did boot one guy. Uh, Duck came in. Just kept writing, go Lions, bombers suck, over and over again. He wrote, you, you're you going down with Y-O-U-R instead of Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. I don't know if he was like doing bad trolling on purpose, but after a while, I was like, all right, man, we've topics change. You're still randomly shouting, like, get out of here. So I tossed that guy. Uh, you know, that was that was a worthy toss. So hopefully everyone is is nice to me tomorrow. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, thanks to see all the chat in here. Oh, Sklarty says, Huss lit the spark on 55. Now he's dousing the fire. I, I'm not <laughs> dousing anything. I'm just not adding gas to it. I think that is the point. I mean, as of right now, there are a number of situations with the Jets that are sort of smoldering in the corners. And we've had plenty of flames on this program. Um, as I say, until anything happens... I mean, we can only talk about the same thing for so long. And by the way, it was a huge bomber game this week, so that kind of dominated it. What's your call for the game tonight, Remus, before we go? Oh, uh, well, his heroic move is is paying, is one is a huge favorite here at the Derby. Um, tonight's bomber game, can I take BC to cover the six points? I think it's going to be really close. No, but I, I mean, I just take, you just give me your prediction for the score. Who wins and what's the score? Okay. What's the total in this game? 44 and a half. I'll go first. I am going Bombers 23, BC 18. Okay. Bombers 24, BC 21. Oh, nice. Okay, that would be over by half a point. It's going to be uh, tight. Interesting. It's going to be. Oh, BA split says 45-10 Bombers. Whoa. I I would love that. I I will happily lose my under bet. If the Bombers can lay a whooping on BC the way they did to the blue in June. I'm trying to look at some prop bets here. Like, what's some rec yard? Dalton Schoen's numbers at 59.5 on Cool Bet. Kenny Lawler, 68. I would take the over on Kenny Lawler there. Well, 68. Uh, hopefully, we'll be taking the under on BC Sacks. Because that is was that... what stood out. Well, no, I'm, I'm not sure whether there is a number. But that... what did they have, seven or eight last time they played? That's the number that's got to come down. Um, no turnovers, good defense, special teams, big crowd, loud crowd, getting behind the team, started off right, long weekend style, on a Thursday, big win at IG Field, and then everybody has a great four days. Yeah, 30,000 in attendance has. You want to, and speaking of uh, big crowds, you want to do the Sea Bears ticket update since they opened the upper deck? Check. Yeah, let's do it. Check this out. I checked it out earlier today. So we're on Sea Bears ticket watch for this playoff game Friday night. So these two sections, 323 no longer available. They sold them out in the upper deck. Two sections. They've opened up more. Um, 319. I mean, look at this. Look at these 319 and 320. They've sold like the first, the bottom half, all the loggias almost gone. This section here is pretty much, uh, except for the top three rows are gone. Did they just open up two in the lower bowl there? In the lower bowl. 
Oh, right there. Well, if you want to grab them now, they just came available. Two tickets. There you go, folks. Here's Someone our hot grab tip. Them. Breaking news. There's two seats in the lower bowl available for tomorrow's game. Yeah, wow. I guess if you keep checking, that's the Ticketmaster secret, Hus, is that just keep checking and they open up seats as you get closer to the event. They don't want you to know that, but. They've even sold out all the singles. Man, I that as excited as I am to be going to Aikens tomorrow, of all the times to, uh, I mean, I've been at pretty much all the games all year. I'm really going to miss being there. But uh, you'll be holding it down in my spot. Check out Winnipeg Sports mm-hmm. Talk socials for some great picks that Remus will be taking. And as they say, if you haven't been to a game and you're in town tomorrow night, um, this is going to be a historic night for uh, for hoops in uh, in Manitoba and certainly for the Sea Bears. And uh, as Michael will hopefully get, you know what, Remo? Really stick it to Moriali tomorrow. Say, listen, with everything that Winnipeg has done, filling this building the way they're doing for tonight's game, can you commit to us live right now on Winnipeg Sports Talk <laughs> that the tournament, the championship tournament, will be coming here on in 2025? I don't think that's my style, but it's a yes or no question, Mike. I don't think <laughs> I don't think I would I would do that, but I. I do want to hear about, um, you know, the league's five years old. Like, where, where are they going here in the next five years? I mean, how psyched do you have to be about the Sea Bears' success? And what do other teams have to do to, like, match the Sea Bears? I saw their Instagram video today trying to pump up uh, playoff tickets. And, man, the way their social media game, uh, yeah, they've just nailed it this season. I think that certainly helped. Uh, getting people to buy into this team and um, sell the tickets and you know the merch line there for game what was out of control. It was more than the Taylor Swift concert to <laughs> do a callback to the beginning. More, I mean, it was a crazy, it was a crazy merch line. So there we go. Uh, one other bit of news: the Pittsburgh Penguins apparently have named Kyle Dubas as named as new general manager. Reem. Yeah. So the, Kyle Dubas took the role as. What president of hockey operations? He announced today that he will continue as president and GM in hockey operations. They're not going to do uh, regular GM. It's going to be him. I saw Cool Bet post the meme of like Sting taking off his mask and having another Sting mask underneath, <laughs> which I had a laugh at. But yeah, they've added Spezza, uh, who Trevor Daly. If you ever want to use him in Puck Doku, uh, Stars, Red Wings, <laughs> Penguins, <laughs> um, he's now the minute spe- you just the minute you name a player, you're like, hmm, who's he yeah. eligible with on Puck Doku? Yeah, special assistant to president of hockey operations. They added Spezza, Leafs, Sins, Stars uh, to uh, to the front office as well. <laughs> Amanda Kessel is now she's in the front office too, and a couple others though. So. Uh, that's, that was the Penguins announcement because there's been some hockey. There has been a trickling of hockey news this week with the, the Terry signing, Rasmus Kupari. We're going to get so many. Me and Ken are going to talk about Rasmus Kupari for like 40 minutes tomorrow. Watch oh, out. well, okay. Get ready. A five-hour episode tomorrow of WST. Six guests, Marble Race, Remus doing a puck doku, which usually takes them about 50 minutes to complete. So No, I'm going to do a quick buckle one. Up. First, buckle up, everybody. First one that pops into the head, I'm just going to roll with. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to see if I can do it live. Puck doku challenge. And if you don't know um, what it is, puckdoku.com. Because a lot of people are coming up to me like, hey, Remo, do you uh, 
are you good at hockey trivia? And I'd be like, you talk about puck doku? They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I do it every morning. It's the game where you got to – gives you a grid. It has two teams or a, or a stat category. you got to fill in the grid. So today it was – what was it today? So actually the stat category was 100-plus PIMS in a single season. And that one was kind of tough. And you had to do a player from a Flyers, Penguins. It was Blues as well as in there, Bruins, Lightning. It was fun. Uh, have you done um, the uh, the uh, 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 what am I saying? The Immaculate Grid now has hockey too, right? Yeah, I'm on on top of that one too. I do that. I just do that one quickly. I don't really try to try for percentage, but nicely done. Oh, Immaculate Grid that. is the other one. If you if you do the puck doku and you're jonesing for more <laughs> trivia, head over to the Immaculate Grid and click on hockey, and you can do another one. Uh, this was I a good did, one. Cup, cup winner. Did, yeah, Darren Helm, 2% for okay. the Wings. How about this one? Cup winner, Shane Knighty. This is the ones I did. Cup winner, Knighty for Bruins. Stars, I did Benoit Hogue. He was pretty good. And how about this one? 0.4%. Detroit Red Wings, Mark Hardigan. He, he won back-to-back cups with the Red Wings and the Ducks. 0.02%. That's pretty good. I just That's remember they interviewed him on the after the game when they won. He's like, yeah, you won last. He played like minimal games, but he won with the Ducks. We had him on uh, 1290, actually. And it's kind of funny because I do the puck doku. I'm like, hey, this guy I had on with Rick Ralph. Or that's or I would always hear like Rick talking with certain guys. So that's how I know, know a lot of the information. Love it. Love it. All right. Anyways, listen, we do want to get this pot up because a lot of people want to listen oh, yeah, to it before games. tonight's game. Uh, a big one. Enjoy the game tonight, folks. 7.30. Get there early. Princess Auto tailgate zone. I will hopefully be slaying massive fish tomorrow out at Aikens Lake. Remo's going to hold it down with six guests, a marble race, and a potential Pakdoku bonus. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, it, listen, enjoy it. Um, take care of the chat if he's busy with the interviews. And uh, I will see you back on Tuesday uh, to get with it. And don't forget Manitoba Derby on Monday night out at Assiniboia Downs. Thanks to Darren Bombing. Thanks to Brandon Rewicki. Big thanks to Dusty. He'll have the call tonight on TSN. Remo will be with you tomorrow. I'll see you Tuesday. Thanks for making Winnipeg Sports Talk a part of your day. And uh, if you were smart enough to book Friday off, happy long weekend. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com. 